Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. As always, guys, it's a Monday. That means it's time to uh, usher in two spectacular Bearcat boys for the Bearcat Bounce. It's time to reminisce on the recent success that the Bearcat sports programs have exceeded. But you know what? It was a little different. Before I go on on that, it's time to welcome in the two guys, two buds, two boys. One's a fish head, one's a diaper head. Aaron, Chad, gentlemen, how are we? I'm going great. Yeah, it, it was uh, quite the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was. Did, did you get? Did you get it? Did you get to make it Sunday, or did you not get to go? Well, uh, didn't get home from the uh, birthday party that we threw until like ten thirty. So it was a Big, big negatory on my end. Did you see what did you see? What you missed yesterday? I did. I did. Yeah, and you know what? So three of my friends actually went. It was a last second pull of the dice. They went on Saturday night. They were like, never miss a Sunday show. So they said, let's go. Uh, heard it was great. A lot of people are saying one of the best they've ever done. So, but little, little while wow, my guitar gently weeps to open on Sunday. Oof. But they say. They say that was one of the best they've ever done every single show, you know? Right. <laughs> but you know what you can't say, though? You can't. Well, well, first off, Aaron, Mr. Diaperhead, how are we? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. I mean, it was it was a great day. I'm much more sober today than I was last night. Last night? <laughs> well, we can change that. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Just drinking some, drinking some electrolyte water <laughs> right here. There you go. Bounce back survive energy but you know guys you could say every new fish show is the best fish show they've had but it's going to be quite difficult to say that every big recruiting official visit weekend is the best that the bearcats have after what they just did this past weekend that's why you see this the fourth man of this uh, entendre down here below me mr mick walker one of the busiest mans on planet earth come saturday not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Not even LeBron James could have thought of this when he made the decision. But eight commitments over the weekend. That's phenomenal. After an official visit, Mick Walker, sir, how are we? I'm doing good, Brad. I, I, I really just needed to come on this to hear the how are we. That's really – Welcome in. I, I can get off now. If that's really – I wanted to hear it live and in person in the flesh. Okay. All right. Well, 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 thank you for coming on, Mick. That was spectacular. Dan Co-Transmission, Bearcat Bounce Podcast. We'll see you guys next weekend. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. But a quick shout out to Dan Co-Transmission. $10 off your next oil change. Mention the Bearcats. Mention Mick Walker. Mention Chad. Mention Aaron. Uh, anything. Mention them. But, Mick, we'll dive right into it, man. You were, uh, you were probably not expecting as busy of a day once Saturday started to begin. But going into Saturday... Did you have any anticipation, any inkling that, hey, this could be something really, really special unfolding? No. So on the preview, I, I obviously I wrote that Day was committing and he was going to commit wise in Cincinnati. And as has been talked about, I don't think he was going to sit there and commit to like recommit to Indiana sitting in Kerry Holmes' office. That would have been a little bit weird. But awkward. Would have made for a great game come uh come later on this year when Indiana comes down. But, yeah, no. That was yeah, good. so, I mean, and it, it was just, I mean, behind the scenes, we 
this is the thing that we were working with Steve because Steve was helping us out a lot this weekend. And we coming into Saturday, I didn't have one word written on any of these commitments. So to get them, to get all five of them done was crazy. That I mean, thank you to Taylor, thank you to Chad, thank you to all these guys that helped us get it done. And I'm just glad I'm glad you guys, everybody, got to enjoy it and bask in the bask in the good day that it was. Yeah. Thank you to Tonk. I'm going to send you that ten dollars, Nick. It's for you. <laughs> thank you, Tonk. To the Dragon Slayer. So, Chad. Also, I I mean, you you know, we've we've heard numerous different podcasts and and appearances, this, that, and the other. It was kind of you know. A Saturday comes. It's a visit Saturday. It's supposed to be somewhat of a mundane day. Let, let let the staff do their thing with the players. When did when did you start to get word that okay, this fish concert is now becoming a a fish and work concert more than just a uh, go and and reminisce on my fourteen years ago type ordeal. <laughs> Uh, as soon as I got in the car to go to the concert, my yeah. phone started going off. Like it was right after Day had committed. Uh, like we talked about last night. So it was just kind of like a contagious thing that bounced through the seventh floor of the Linder Center. Players were in meeting with coaches um, and, and each player as they met with the coach committed. And, and like we talked about last night, the thing is usually the exit interview on Sunday is when this happens. Like that's when it's like, all right, are you in? Are you out? And these kids were so excited. They didn't even make it past the first meeting with their position coach and every I'm committed. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And it just kind of, it's like a tidal wave rode through the Linder center. And next thing you know, there's five of them committed Saturday and a couple more ready to go on Sunday. It was, it was, I've never seen anything like it. It was insane. Insane. Well, let let's start with day. You know, we've mentioned him a couple times, Dave McCullough, uh, obviously a, Previously, an IU commit, once once his father moved on to Notre Dame, but that water started to get a little bit murkier, ends up decommitting, and uh, becomes the highest-rated defensive recruit in Cincinnati program history. Six-foot-two, long body, safety or corner. That's the big question behind it. Mick, Chad, we'll start with you, Mick. What does Day bring to the Bearcats other than, obviously, a, a very athletic pedigree, and then on top of that, a very high rating as well. Yeah, we're just calling everybody defensive backs from now on. That <laughs> Everybody is defensive backs. <laughs> right. right. If they but, commit uh, to Cincinnati, they're a defensive back. That's how it works. I, I legitimately had another college coach ask me today, are, are they done? Are they going to take anymore? And I go, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> But what, getting back today, I, I got to see him a little bit about a year ago at the Unarmored Camp, and I, I came away impressed then. And he's a guy, I mean, he's got a, he's, first off, he's a great kid. He's got a great personality when it comes to just, he's a smart guy. He's, he he knows the game of football, but he also, he, he's very well in tune with all the other recruits and whatnot. So it's going to be a big boost to have him in the class. Player-wise, I mean, the the options are limitless. You, you can talk about a corner at 6'2", you can talk about a safety you could talk about a sniper. I, I don't really know, but he's just he's a special athlete that I mean, before Luke Fickle, Cincinnati probably wasn't getting many guys like these. So to land a guy like Day to the lead off the weekend, I think it set the tone and really got the it was the little snowball they put down the hill and it just built up after that. Credit what to Kerry Combs, right? Yes. Credit to Kerry Combs, credit to Colin Hitchler. The the duo, the dynamic duo, if you will. So, so with day, I 
I was thinking about this a little bit, and you know, the the word on the street was that he was supposed to commit a little bit later in the day. But after probably spending some time with everyone around there, I wonder if they kind of got all got together and they were like, "Yeah, let's let's all kind of just commit all at once," and maybe that's what moved up the the commitment or whatnot, or or that mystery would go untold. But on his birthday, as well, uh, his brother is is running back for IU. I you know it, it just seems I'm like it's, I'm sorry, yeah, 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 yeah for IU. My bad. Sorry, I think you're right. Actually, I think his brother is a running back, and his brother, his other brother, is a linebacker. I think you're right. Okay. On yeah, okay. yeah. And then, so it's it's just like a, a dynamic pedigree, a player who can come in with a high rating like that. Not only does it boost the overall rating of the class, it opens up eyes around the country as well to other recruits to say, "Wow, this is you know." I mean, if if they're going to get a big day McCall like that, you see all these other commits that were filing in all throughout Saturday and Sunday. But it all started with him. I mean, you look at his offers, obviously, it's littered with all Power 5 teams. It's just really interested to see, you know, he could be an instant impact player on special teams right away is what I would probably take away from, you know, just this all the things that we've read. You know, Mick, what you posted about what Allen had to say about him as well. And then, of course, he was the first one to kind of mention how special things are going on at Cincinnati. And, it, it you know, you guys mentioned it last night, just the running – talk about culture and brotherhood it started with day mentioning that a little bit and then it continued on with all the rest of the recruits but i mean a, a player of this high level of a of a rating is not something that just you know falls through the cracks was this something that you guys sensed was you know once the word got out that day was possibly going to be decommitting that cincinnati had a high stretch on there was it was it a carry combs thing was was in there ready to make a move once that happened um or was this kind of you know, the, the chips fell the Bearcats way and uh, McCullough ended up here. Do you want me to get a boss? Or you got you it. got it. That's all. No, that's all. This is your, the, you're, you're the guest. I'm just hanging out. So I'm trying to get the day, the, the day right about day, but he's a guy that <laughs> towards the end of spring practice, I want to say he visited for a camp. Uh, yeah. It was right around the end of March. He visited for, uh, for the spring practice and, while he's still committed to Indiana, and that's something you should you could sort of just sense from there. It, there might be a chance Cincinnati could sneak into this, and then really from the time he decommitted from IU, it was really it looked like it was going to be Cincinnati all the way. And we Chad and I went on about culture yesterday, but I think you have to tip the cap to Luke Fickle and the coaching staff a little bit with this. I mean, this is a coach's son. This is a guy. His, his dad is a football coach at Notre Dame. Right. He he was on the visit too. He felt comfortable enough to not only send his son to go play for Luke Fickle, Kerry Combs, and Colin Hitzer, but to go on the visit and be around these guys. So I think that says something about the actual culture and the whole thing with Day's family and everything on down. But going back to your original question, this is a guy that, I mean, I think we sort of knew this was in the works. I, I can't really even tell you how the origin story happened, where the connection started. I think, obviously, I think Perry knew him a little bit from probably his time recruiting him a, a little bit while they were at Ohio State, but I don't know how it all came about from the start. I know it sort of started to come Cincinnati's way in March, and that's ever since then it looked like Cincinnati had a legitimate shot and eventually landed him. Mick, how much remember? I was just going to say, remember, his brother was committed to Ohio State. Yeah. And then flipped to Indiana. I believe that's where Kerry made some connections to the McCullough family. And but and that's the weird thing is because at that time obviously I was still covering Ohio State and there wasn't much interest on the Ohio State side on day so maybe it's just some more Kerry went out of his way to know him at that time 
and it just it paid off eventually down the line with with him being at Cincinnati. Do you think do you think maybe he was a big Travis Kelsey fan as well when they were uh, living there in Kansas? Who knows? You never know. Some sort of inkling opened up his eyes to UC and, and went they probably that. do know each other. They, Travis probably remembers as I'm a kid, like yeah, hi, run around right. the football field, but they probably do know of each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mick, how, how surprised are you that Luke, not even a year ago, pulls the highest defensive recruit in school history? And again, less than one year later, we now have the new highest defensive recruit in school history. How, how surprised are you with any of that? Yeah, I think technically when Trevor committed, he was the highest defensive recruit. And then Mario, when he committed up that, and then I, I mean, I don't know how you get up where Day's at, but still. I think like, Shep too, right? When he well, yeah, Shep when committed. was when he committed too, yeah. yeah. And then, then 24-7 dropped him. So it would have been uh, Shep, Trevor. So he, he's done it four times. He's upped himself three times he broke it Jaheim was the highest rated defensive recruit I believe or no he was got, right under Chris Williams I got him pulled up right now um as far as defensive recruits go um I can share this I guess um, a lot of it though is at the time they committed which yeah. those rankings changed so looking at the final list is a but, little bit misleading at least but right. to continue to do it just sort of speaks to the the, the recruiters I guess you have to think when Fit came in, he brought in a lot of guys that were going to be good football coaches and guys that were going to to coach to be able to coach the team the way he wanted. And now you can see Fit sort of assembling a staff of guys that are also good football coaches, but can also recruit. And I think you see that with a guy like Kerry. I think um, Darren is Darren Page is a very good recruiter as well. Mike Brown, obviously, he got a commitment himself this weekend, and Mike Cummings, I. I he, he isn't a guy that would have struck you as a big recruiter with his track record coming from Central Michigan, but his approach, I think, is something that really resonates with guys, especially along the offensive line. Which is exactly where we're going next. You know, I obviously, Dave McCullough, highest-rated defensive commit in, in program history up to this point, and who knows where the next chips will fall, but it's a, it's gonna, only going up from here if, if you follow past trends. But Joshua Gregory then becomes commit number two. Um, I, I guess it was between Northwestern and Cincinnati is, is what I was able to read a little bit. But he was the one that kind of opened the door on all of the Mike Cummings comments and all the Mike Cummings, you know, just kind of boosting up kind of the fantastic coach that Cummings really is. And so, Mick, you were able to talk to Joshua. And first off, you look at his height and his and his, his just his overall profile. I mean, six foot seven, that is. It's got to have Cummings just oozing with excitement to try and get him in there, get him with Brady Collins and see if he can't mold him into an NFL player. But it seems as if Gregory kind of has his eyes set on the prize on, on the next level. He wants to be great. So and he sees what Cummings is able to, to, to bring out in the offensive tackles that he's done in the past. What were you able to kind of dig through when you talk to Joshua, when you talk to others about Joshua? Cause he seems like, you know, six foot seven, two seventy. You see his picture on his Twitter profile. Is his uh, oh, what's it called? Not not the AVI, but the one behind it, the banner. He he towers over everyone else on his team. So it's what are are the Bearcats getting into Joshua Gregory, and what were you able to kind of dig out about his recruitment as well? Yeah. So I mean, if I if I were to be a Cincinnati fan by myself, this would be the guy that I'd be most excited about beyond even the defensive backs, just because knowing the impact that if Josh hits the field, gets the coaching from Mike Cummings, the impact he could have on this team, that this is the type of guy that Cincinnati needs desperately desperately at the offensive tackle spot. So I'm, I'm very excited to see what they can do 
with him. He's a guy I know that Alan True, who's our Midwest guy, so he he does some Missouri, is a big fan of. He's been talking to him and sort of working with Josh for a while now and just uh, about stories. So he he's somebody that when I told Alan that Josh would be committing, he he was excited for Cincinnati. He thought it was a good fit for Mike Cummings, and he thought it he thought it was a, just an overall very like well meshed um, fit on developing a guy into what he can be and. Josh is somebody that, like you said, he's got all the traits. He also seems like a very smart kid looking at the fact that he was considering Northwestern, the school that he goes to in St. Louis. He's somebody that's going to come in and do it the right way. And, and that's why I'd be excited. I think he's going to do things the right way. He's going to be what he, – he, seem, he seems like a very safe guy, but, yeah, has the good upside, and I think that's what you'd have to be excited about. And it also seems as if, like, because in, in recruiting past, sure, the, the talks are still about, you know, winning championships and, and you know, getting to play at a high level at, at Cincinnati and, and win football games, this, that, and the other. But it does seem as if the, the talks with, with Cummings is a lot about how he is able to develop the offensive linemen into NFL prospects. Because, you know, at Central, you aren't necessarily competing for a national championship every year, but you have the ability inside of that position room to – grow and and develop under his tutelage so is, is that something you kind of heard throughout all the commits throughout the weekend yeah and i think obviously winning is huge these are guys that are competitive from and they've been competitive since their youth but the fact of the matter is only one guy can get only one team can win a national title every year mm-hmm. there's 200 plus guys that can get drafted and, and can have a life-changing type of experience when it comes to money so that's why i think a lot of focus goes on that and i think chad mentioned it when the draft came around this that's what made that the Cincinnati having nine guys get drafted such a big impact is because it shows that you can do it. You can make your, your life changing money. You can make that kind of move at Cincinnati. And I think Mike, uh, Mike Cummings track record of doing that, like you said, it speaks to these guys because there's not many people that can lay down his resume the way he can and be like, I was at a Mac school. I took a former tight end and made him a, a mid round pick. I took another guy and made him the number one overall pick, the last number one overall pick as an offensive lineman. So to be able to say that, I'm, it, it resonates with a lot of these guys. It resonated with James. It resonated with Josh. It resonated with them. Um, I wasn't able to talk to um, – was it Nick? I don't want to get it wrong. Nick Oliveira, is that is that his name? Yeah, it's uh, yep, Nico Oliveira. Yeah, okay, yeah. He, I didn't get to talk to him, but I imagine that resonated with him as well. It just – that's what guys want. You you know, there's a more there's a better shot of you trying to play in the NFL than there is trying to win a national championship, just by numbers, I guess. Yeah. With him being six seven two seventy, is this like the? I mean, we've heard so much about Mike Cummings likes the the big offensive lineman, but is this kind of the archetype that we're going to be looking at with a Mike Cummings offensive line as far as you know this being the the first one that we really got to see Mike have his hand in? Yeah, and I I think you see that with. I mean, to more takeaways from the Thursday camp last week, I've been thinking all the, the first offensive mm-hmm. line we're discussed, working exclusively at center, working on getting the snaps down. And he's 6'4". He's a good 6'4 already. So you just see that it, the precedent is set is that we need guys on the outside. We need length because defensive linemen like a Will Anderson, like a you name it, these top-tier defensive linemen, they're coming with length. You need length on the outside to combat it. And I think that's what sort of makes Mike Cummings sit there and say we need length on the outside. And I think his hope would be that this is the standard. Like, I, I know from talking to, like, Josh is at a, a bare minimum a legit 6'6". Six, 6'7 six. Six, might be an inch tall, but who who cares when he puts cleats on? <laughs> James, he's going to be a legit 6'6". Six, six. 
Um, I don't know. I haven't been able to see Olivier in person, but he, I don't think they would have taken him unless he fit the size profile. And even the guy they're going to have on next weekend for an official visit, Brandon Solace at Ellipsicum Academy. I saw him in person, and he's a legitimate 6'6". Like, th- these are the guys they need. You need two offensive tackles. You can bump tackles down in the guard. It's hard to make guards tackles, and I think that's what he's sort of shooting for here. Let's let's roll on to, to James. You mentioned his name a couple times, and this was also mentioned on on last night's uh, nightcap as well. But you were able to get a one one heck of a of a quote out of him, and I'm going to read it. This is this is his words coming of what Mike Cummings was saying through him. It says, "All right, listen, James. I like your film. I like talking to you." You're a cool guy, but I'm going to be honest. If you're lazy and you're not tough, I'm not your guy. I'm not going to be your new old man best friend. That's not what I am. I'm going to start using that line, too. I'm not going to be your new old man best friend. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to be the first one to hear that line. Right. Aaron, are you ready for the nightcap tonight? Chad, (laughs) had a couple too many pops. Well, Aaron, I'm not going to be your new old man best friend. You're hopping on. Damn it. But, I, I mean, when you hear that coming from a recruit, that could be taken one or two ways. You know, I, like the new style of, of the quote-unquote players coach. You know, someone might not want to hear that or or might might see that as somewhat of a challenge. And then – but James Jenkins owned it, and he says, that's what I want in a coach. Were you able to kind of dig in and find out about him, the fact that, okay, wow, this guy is, is ready and locked in to be – Another, you know, not really project under Mike Cummings, but another guy who's going to really, really blossom under the uh, teaching of what Cummings is going to bring. Yeah, and I, I think that sort of speaks to the guys that it shows that James fits exactly what Cincinnati is looking for in offensive line because these are your. The fact of the matter is, you're not going to get your Evan Neal's at Cincinnati. You're not getting those big guys that come in five stars and they're ready made from year one. You got to get guys that are developmental, and I think from talking to Josh, from talking to James. They have the mentality of we're, we know we have to work and we know Coach Cummings is going to be honest with us throughout that process to work. And I think you see that in sort of the quotes that James said. I think you just see that in him being the guy that he, he you can read him read about him. He, he's a guy that's going to be bought in. I think Coach Cummings is a guy that's going to be that's going to push his guys. We've seen that a little bit at spring practice. We see it at camp. Just seeing him work with Evan, he's a guy that. He relates to these guys, but it, like like he James told like he told James, he's not here to be an old man best friend. He's here to help and develop guys, and he's got m- many ways of doing it. But his goal is to get these guys to the NFL and have a very good football team with on the process of it. I know it's kind of a, a little different to be excited about an offensive line coach because you feel like if you're not talking about the offensive line, it's a good thing, right? Where where that means people are are doing their job and all of that. But how can you not be excited about the, the cultural fit that Mike Cummings is? And you just have to tip your cap to Gino Gadulli for reaching back out to his old mentor and bringing him into the fold. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on just like how much the Mike Cummings effect can have on, on this this particular team? I mean, it's big. It, it, it's because you see it. Um, Arkansas, week one, Sam Pittman has built a very good program being an offensive line guy. Offense, good offensive line coaches, they they typically they either go up to the next level or they stay pat and they work up to being a head coach. You look at a guy like Bill Beatembo over at Oklahoma. He's been somebody that whoever, whether it was Lincoln, Lincoln Riley in that role or now Brent Venables, you hold on to the good offensive line coaches you have because there's very few of them. You you try and keep those guys around. You try so you can have programs and guys where you, 
you know and trust their developmental path because that's they always say oh offensive line is probably the toughest position to scout it's the toughest position to recruit from just because there's so much guessing when you get a guy you can trust to eliminate some of that guesswork and eliminate any any sort of questions you have it, it makes it such a big impact on on a program and i think honestly bringing Kerry combs back is awesome he's a great guy um, landing all the assistants they did. I, 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 we haven't talked much about James Ross, who's the new sniper's coach. And I think he's an awesome dude as well. But there might not be a bigger high that um, when it comes to just impact on a program than Luke Fickle hiring Mike Cummings if he can be what he was at Central Michigan. How the hell had no one else picked him off from Central Michigan? Well, yeah. UConn did. And then somehow they he got away again. Was, was, was he going to be – he was a coordinator, right? So yeah, he was the O coordinator. I mean, I I guess his te- like technically like a lateral move would be offensive line coach at Cincy type ordeal. I I don't know. Maybe it's just you know he just had that connection with with obvious uh, you know with Gino and and then Luke. Once Luke talks to somebody, they seem to quickly flip a switch and say, "Yeah, I need to join that movement that they have going on." So yeah, I think it's a it's a huge get, obviously. And you know, Aaron too. I'm excited to see what he does with, with like an Ethan green, your boy, you know, just right. Molding, molding him, just a guy that kind of fell in his lap, just, just a, a wild animal. But uh, one last thing I want to say about before we move on to uh, the next player is James Jenkins. It's they have him listed as an interior offensive lineman. Um, I like the quote that you got out again. Uh, Mick was just kind of how Cummings is like, you know, you've got the longest arms I've ever seen, the biggest hands I've seen, the set, the other, you're you're an offensive tackle. Is this is this another situation like defensive back where you bring the players in and you see where they're fitting and, and mold them after that, or is it kind of just you know they have it pegged down and pinned down, kind of where they hope to see them at the next level? Yeah, I I think Cincinnati, if they get their way, would love to have James play offensive tackle. Obviously, the 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 team and the rankings count and whatnot here at two four seven viewed him as an offense interior offensive lineman. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That and and they'll you ask anybody on there, they'll they'll admit it. I mean, they're going off of their best evaluation. Cincinnati can have a different evaluation. They go off that. So the ranking stuff, it is a bit weird, but it it it, it ultimately what matters is what the colleges want to do. And I think Cincinnati wants to start James to tackle. Now Cummings was also honest about him. Hey, uh, changes happen, and if you end up changing into an interior guy, that's going to be fine. I think James is open to that as well. It's just I think Cincinnati wants to try a guy like this with long arms, and that's the big thing. Is he if he's not he listed six five, if he's six six, anywhere from six four to six six, whatever it is, he if he has those long arms, that's the game changer really because that combats the length, and that and that's the big thing. Is it's hard for these like the rankings at the two four sevens and whatnot to get the verified length measurables, except for when they go down and do like the the Under Armour or the Adidas All American Bowl. That's when they really have time to sit down and factor those in. But there's just not enough time in the day for Andrew Ivins, who helps cover Florida, drive up to uh, Tampa and Carroll Wood Day, measure James Jenkins' arm length, and then say, hey, let's move in the tackle. It's it's a best estimate. It's the best way of their evaluation of moving on it. That would be a lot of traveling. State of Florida is massive. <laughs> it's insane. Jeez. Okay. But uh, move on. Anything more on Jenkins, Aaron, or Chad? I think we can move oh, on to uh, one of the uh, – a guy who, whose tape I loved. I mean, I'll – all the tapes are awesome, but when you have obviously the skill position players have a little bit more pop on their tapes, if you will, if you're you know into video games and whatnot. But Manny Kobe, man, he is 
electric. He, you know, he starts his tapes off with a couple of, of kickoff returns for touchdowns. He, he's catching passes. He's he's finding creases and taking it the distance. I, I mean, how did the the Manny Covey recruitment develop? You know, he obviously mentioned you know Page a lot, which is what you also brought up earlier, Mick. Is this was this kind of one where Page really picked him out and, and said we need this guy and and did all they could to pull him out of Florida and and bring him up because man he he has some really good tape. He looks like he he's a, a dynamic player. Yeah, and I think I think at a running back specifically, it's a position where a guy like Darren Page can go out and sort of he can sort of scour and do a little more more detail and dig in on to find the guy he likes. Manny ended up being that guy just because what we've talked about multiple times. Corey Kiner, he can do a little bit of all, but he's a bigger guy. Uh, Stephen Bird, he's a guy that's going to be a power guy. And Manny's a guy that you bring him in. He can play slot. He can play in the backfield. You can put him all the way out wide if you really want to. You could bring him in two back sacks with Steph and Manny, and it, it could work out all these different ways just because just because of the skill he has. I think that's a big thing on when it comes to Darren Page found him, and it was like, hey, this – this fits in the room because that's something I think as a running backs coach and as in Darren Page's shoes, he's constantly looking at is how do we stack this on one another and make it fit? You can't have a ton of squares. You got to have some circles, some squares and make everything fit and look all cool and nice. And I think that's what Darren Page did. So he's kind of like a Swiss army knife, right? To where, I mean, that's he's described himself as a guy who's going to go out there and catch the ball for you. Um, so, I mean, as he's, advertising that being his biggest asset what else can because i feel like there's not a whole lot out else out there that he's kind of put out there in, in the interviews so what else can we look to see with manny kobe outside of just the hands no i i think i think he's got some good speed to him too i think he's got some good pop when it comes to athleticism and i think he's somebody that is going to do whatever darren page asks whatever the team asks. he's a very bought in guy it's not often that you have one of these things happen where you have other media members reach out and say, hey, this kid is a good kid. Cincinnati got a good kid, but that happened with Manny. I had somebody reach out from within the network and say, hey, Manny is a good kid. If you need anything from him, let me know. But he is a very good kid. Cincinnati got a good one. And that in itself speaks for the kind of guy and the person that Manny is, along with being the special and the versatile talent. So it's it's out. You know, Chuck McClellan, I don't know. Would, would he have – Another year, if he wanted to, Chad. I don't know what what his eligibility looks like after this season, but seems like it's you know, like you mentioned, that the, the bigger backs, and then with the uh, with kind of the thunder and lightning, the lightning is what uh, Kobe's going to bring. So um, Chuck might even have two. Like, I, who knows? It's hard. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I feel well, you can say had, that about every player I, on the roster. The point with Chuck being is he had two medicals, right? So he could get one of those years back, and he can get a COVID year. Yep. So he might be a Bearcat in twenty twenty seven. He might be those the uh, the case study. Twenty seven. In, in his ninth season in Cincinnati, Charles McClellan. Who knows? Rushes for five thousand yards. Just right. slides right into the running backs coach's role. He just he just takes right. Play, those. player coach. Right. Right. Walt Stewart's like, oh wow, you you really did the express route to this, huh? Yes, you did. All right. Uh I, I mean he just looks I watch his tape if you if you have the time to. Cause I mean he even though we kind of mentioned him as like a lightning, you know, he's got the speed, the you know, the the burst, the ability to break open. Hey, he does lower his shoulder on a lot of runs too. Just showing kind of, you know, he's he's legit 
I, he might be a little shorter than 5'11 or taller than 5'11, but, you know, it's kind of just a, a, a guess when it comes to that, like you said, Mick, because it's it, it's kind of eyeballing things. But you watch him, he's he's physical at the end of runs as well. So um, I'm excited to see what, what he brings to the table. But next up would, was the last commit of Saturday. Um, and it's Jonas DeClona. Am I saying that right? Is it DeClona? Do we know? DeClona, yeah. DeClona, DeClona. there we go. Jonas DeClona. DeClona. Yep. Duclona, yeah. I and yet another guy that a lot, of, a lot of excitement with with him. He's a multi-sport athlete, which is what we've heard the staff and Luke really love. Um, you know, track and basketball. On top of him, he's just one of these guys that you know, as as Mick said, defensive back. You know, we'll just call him a defensive back. But you know, another commit coming out of Florida, a guy who you know that he. He was mentioned numerous times in a couple other interviews I was reading, just the fact that like he he is relishing in the fact that Cincinnati recruits underdogs and and that they they build up these underdogs, they develop these guys and and kind of guys with chips on their shoulders and whatnot. When you were able to talk to Jonas Mick, did you get this this sense of, you know, he, he's ready to come in and, and make his stamp stamp on the Cincinnati program? And and I, he seems like a player that could only get better with another season. I think he played behind a, uh, a a kid that moved on to Florida this past season, if I was reading that correct as well. So, I I mean, it's just just another big-time player in the defensive backfield. Yeah, sorry. You still got me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, sorry. I, somebody started calling me. Let me get this back up. But, yeah, Jonas is a guy I think you talk about somebody that's going to be an underdog, like bought in. Go read it like the commitment story. I because like you, it's fun to ask these defensive backs to commit. Hey, Sauce Gardner going top five. How like how cool is that? And then Jonas was most of the time. It's like oh, that's so awesome. I can't wait to be that guy. But Jonas is like, yeah, that's cool. But his path is his path. I have to find my own path. And if I want to get to where he got, I have to buy in and go in, go into the weight room, go into everything I do here in Cincinnati with my mentality and progress in my path. And hopefully I can get to that same point and we can talk about it then, but he's not sitting there going, I'm coming to Cincinnati. They put a mod sauce Gardner in the league. So I'm going to be the next mod sauce Gardner. He goes, I'm the, uh, I'm the Jonas Dunklona and I'm going to be that guy going forward. And it's interesting to see a guy talk like that. He's someone that mentioned the weight room specifically. So this is a guy, you know, Brady's going to love. Be ready to ask him about him. And I mean, I don't know probably this time next year, but it'll be fun to see how he develops. So he ended up being number three of four from Florida in this particular class. We had several guys from Florida last year as well. Are you surprised at all to see the kind of waves that Cincinnati is starting to make in Florida? Um, yes and no. I, I think it starts a lot with Gino Gadouli is a big presence down in Florida. He spends a lot of time when it comes to the just area recruiting down there. Anybody who's met Gina, I think you you can you can speak on just how how like how much weight and how much just emphasis he carries and how much respect he commands wherever he goes. So I think that's a big thing when it comes to these Florida coaches respecting when Gino comes in, gives a Cincinnati offer, and then you, you like we said, you build a, a staff that can recruit. Darren Page can go down there, Atlanta Manny Covey, um, Mike Cummings going down there and getting um, getting James Jenkins, like we mentioned earlier, and then you got Kerry Combs coming in, who's recruited the state of Florida a lot in his time coming in gets Jonas and then now gets Luke Evans who we'll talk about later it's just you build a staff of guys that can exploit the areas that 
you know are talented because that's typically how stats build is you got to have some guys that the big hotbeds are california texas and florida and you got to be able to go and get some out of out of those states if you're going to build a class and luke fickle sees that he saw always at ohio state and he's built a staff that 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 can do it here so to, to see him doing it doesn't surprise me but to do it to the level where they're beating out like a penn state a, a georgia like to get these guys that is impressive in itself because that's that's punching above a weight class and and knocking him out well and aiden green worked out for clemson yeah last yeah. week like they're 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 dipping their toes in some unfamiliar waters, yeah. and and that's another one with like you Mike Brown, Gino Gadulli. Like there there's a lot of guys that can get Cincinnati in a lot of doors, and it's about building on it from there. Uh, I mean, I, I you don't want to say it, but like Gino's probably one of the bigger, more important guys on the staff, and you're seeing his fingerprints all over a lot of things. Obviously, he he only gets to take one guy a cycle with a, a quarterback. But he he's probably got an assist on most of these guys that they landed this weekend because he's he's constantly out working on the trail and he's constantly getting Cincinnati in the door and then helping having the assistance help him to get past it. Just a just a cool cool dude too. But you know, I, and that also kind of feeds into the whole you know. And I feel like the clone is the guy that kind of really harped on it the most was like the brotherhood aspect and the uh, you know just just the the culture. And you guys touched on this last last night as well and you know, culture and brotherhood, this, that, and the other. But every single one of these guys just just talk about, you know, Cincinnati as if it's on a whole different stratosphere as far as, like, these guys all, like, really do love each other. It's, like, a strange thing to see. You know, it, it, it's kind of like they went to these other schools. They, they, they've taken visits to other places. They've seen other locations, and they've never experienced exactly what it is here. And like you said, that kind of is the quarterback coach, the, the offensive coordinator is out there, you know, reaching out to – defensive backs and offensive linemen, defensive linemen. And so it's just – it's an awesome connection. But touch on a little bit more because you mentioned it last night on the nightcap. Just the constant continued brotherhood mentions and culture mentions. You've talked to a bunch of recruits throughout your, you know, past five years or, you know, however long you've been doing this. Is this – this kind of seems like the, the craziest trend of the most people kind of saying this culture and brotherhood. And one weekend that I can really remember, it, it it just seems as if it's it's finally formed together, and everyone's all bought in there on campus, and and the, and the recruits are really seeing it. Yeah, and I think it all sort of you can see, like if you go to an event that has Cincinnati football involved, with Thursday camp was a great example. I don't know, and I don't know if we can even speak on this. I know at some point players used to get paid for working camps. I don't know if they do anymore, but there was like twenty players out on the field on Thursday night. Like you have Trey Tucker. Lenny, like Lenny Taylor, like, like, you know what I'm talking uh, Tyler Scott, like there's a list of guys that were there just wanting to spend time around like thick and the coaches and like, like JQ even said it to me in China when you're talking, he was like, yeah, I was out, I was out down the road. And, but these guys texted me, said they were going. So I said, come get me, pick me up. So that like, they, they just want to be around each other. And I don't, I think that's the big thing that builds on that culture is these guys just generally want to be around each other. And it's something where you don't always see it. Like some of these guys can be like introverts. They cannot want to talk like they, but they, they enjoy like the, like the time around each other. And I think that like that goes from top down, like fickle, like Luke fickle enjoys being around all the guys on his staff. His staff enjoys being around other members of his staff. And it, it boils down from the very top to the bottom. It's also why you recruit good dudes, right? Like, when you recruit a bunch of good dudes, guess what? 
It's a lot easier for them to all get along. When you got a bunch yeah. of assholes on your team that fractures the ability, you know, this group doesn't like that group and that group doesn't like this group. And you deal with a social dynamic that's a lot diff- more difficult to handle than if you have a bunch of good dudes on your team. You get a bunch of good dudes on your team. It's easier for good people to like other good people. That's just human nature. And, and, and you know, you saw it a couple of years ago at, at Camp Higher Ground where Jay and James Hudson would literally get to, like, bouts. Like, just seem like they hated time, each yeah. other. It seemed like they hated each other. And, like, like a fight was going to break out every single snap. But after practice, there they are, arms around each other. Just, you know, brothers. And... I mean, it's, it's it's crazy how much it's evolved because, yeah, the culture thing gets tossed around a lot. I, I love the little mashup that they do after, like, coaches get hired at places and, you know, every single new hire culture, said culture, culture, culture like culture. 97 times. Yeah. But I like you guys said, it's it's so obvious where, like, and it does start at the top. Like, Luke is just – it's it's insane I, how, how crazy Luke is able to grab a hold of a program like this and really instill culture and a brotherhood to the point where – all the coaches are following suit. All the players are following suit. The the veterans are now somewhat like big brothers and big, you know, kind of coaches themselves. It's the whole thing is just a a, a brilliantly put together group. And as you can see, it, it led to eight commitments. Um, if if we have nothing more to clone, we can move on to the next handful of guys because that was a uh, that was an end of a, a a wild Saturday. After that happened. Chad, you were what? Probably midway through the fish concert. Mick, I'm sure <laughs> you were able to, to to take a deep breath after the the Clona commitment no. came through. But was it Brent, just- I I tweeted the Duclona commitment from the lawn right before the first set. There we go. Oh, well, that's good then. That's good timing. Good timing. But uh, but I I heard you didn't have a, a drip of alcohol, which is uh, man. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Well, I knew one. I had too much stuff to do before, right? Right. So I wasn't going to be able to sit there and, and booze it up beforehand comfortably, right? And then I'm not paying. I, I have a. I don't buy beers at sporting events. I don't pay eleven dollars for a beer. Like I, I no, I refuse to do so, that. So get this. I made five dollars for a can of water. Like that's a, asinine enough <laughs> as it is. There's a secret little booth there where you can buy like a whole bottle of wine and they pour it into like a big like chalice type thing yeah i saw somebody sitting next to us that had that yeah it it was like 25 bucks which is like you know you're paying 25 bucks for probably like a eight dollar bottle of wine but still it's like it's a better deal than paying 30 for uh, you know three beers yeah Yeah. so but no yeah i i I mean that you make did you take a huge deep breath after that on saturday I did. And while we're talking about alcohol and we're transitioning to Saturday, why don't we throw like a timestamp? Oh, here? I like this. I like this. Look at, look at Mick go. Wow. Whose show is this? You're making Urban Artifact happy. Wow. I mean, you're more on top of the timestamp thing than Aaron. And a timestamp is what we use to break things up. And Friday, or Saturday, excuse me, will be this timestamp. And on a Saturday, if you're curious to explore what lies beyond craft beer, take a trip to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer. They make fruit tarts. Come see what the world of real fruit has to offer. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Taproom. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters. Aaron, which one are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking the last of my my shipment, my, my original shipment, the, uh, the last teak I have. Oh, oh well. Are you I'm out? out? I'm out. 
Scott, Brent and Aaron need new need a new shipment. You know, yeah. <laughs> we Scott, have like, I'm, I'm 21 too, by the way, bud. <laughs> oh, shout out, Mick, shout out, Mick, Mick's getting his name in the mix. But no, it's it's, it's funny because because I had a couple people come into town obviously this weekend. Whole family was in town, and uh, you know they're they're rummaging through the fridge and they're like, "Oh, what are these?" I'm like, "There's like four of them left," and I was like, "Go at it." They 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 sponsor the podcast. They uh, it, it's really good. Enjoy it, and so kind of a little bit more more brand development there. Some of them were from Columbus, Ohio. They're like, "Oh, we love this, man. We love these." So it all worked out. Shout out though. Shout Urban out artifact. Urban artifact. Timestamp. Lock it in. Already did. So so Saturday goes into Sunday, you know. Saturday night, get a good rest. Sunday. Just point blank. Were you guys expecting more commits on Sunday? Or was this a continuation of wow, like this this snowball is just really accumulating? So Chad called me like two hours into my like four hour drive to Purdue. Like said, hey, we got one coming. This would have been Olivier. He was at what noon? Yeah. So I'm I pull off and I like write this. I type up what I can to get to Chad so he can have something up. Luckily, well, family yeah. typed it up. Not not Mick Walker. Did, did you notice that? What is what, what is Mick? I don't. There, there's something. You now have two bylines, and one is Mick family, and one is Mick Walker. Yeah, that's literally just so like the one Mick Walker is obviously my work account. Mick family is so my like family can read my stuff. Ah. It's just because I had two. I at a time I had two twenty four seven accounts. One to Bearcat Channel uh. and one to Bucknuts. Well, they that, they both on my screen say Mick Walker. Yeah, I, I I don't know how to change that part. I need to look into that. But that that's Mick, why I, I also it. have a burner. Mine's not as obvious as Mick family, but uh, I do have you don't even post on your real account. <laughs> I know I don't. I need to get better at that. But uh, what the hell? Yeah. You got a burner to post, and it's not. Believe me, I don't post on the it's, burner either. I just pay like, what the hell do you I, have a burner for if you don't I, post on the I burner? I pay ten ninety nine a, a a month. Yeah, because, you're, oh, you know why though, Chad? Chad, you will remember this. The Chad, boss you remember this. Either way, what's up? Yeah, what's that? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. giving boss me money man. back from his paycheck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but get this, get this. So I joined. Remember this when you said the next like ten people to join. We'll get a free pair of Bearcat practice shorts. Yeah, that was uh, – should I tell this story? I don't even know if I – Guess who never got a pair of Bearcat practice shorts? Me. Because this was a uh, – this was something that was told to me by someone that is in a very powerful position in college sports now oh, at oh, another oh. university a long way away. Oh, Put two and two together. I think I think we all know. And that person told me you should put on there the next ten people that subscribe. We'll get them some practice shorts. And within thirty minutes, compliance was on the phone. No way. Yeah. Where are you getting those practice shorts? I just was like, so and so said I they I could have some. They're like, you can't do that. That's not how this works. And then by that we're point, not affiliated to you. Yeah. Okay. By that point, everybody had already signed up. I, I yeah. I really well, hope this entire story is about the bone zone. Well, someone that yeah, well, yeah. okay, but we Chad, were standing in higher ground. We were standing. It, it was a night practice at higher ground, and he's like, "Should put on." Should, 
hey Chad, you should put on Twitter. That was before <laughs> I before I was working at BCJ, and I messaged you. I was pretty quick to message you. Yeah. And you're like, "Yep, you're one of them. Congrats." I was like, "All right." Still that waiting. Got on. Shut, that shut that got shut down real quick because apparently they didn't have the ability to order more of those, and they only ordered enough for the team. They were like, pull, "There's not even the receipts." There's not even. There's not even the ability to give you those if we wanted to. We don't have them. So would you call it a bonehead move? Hey, sorry, buddy. They're in the <laughs> oh, man. Chad, wow. We we really went from, like, DMing on Twitter to, like, texting pretty quick. I'm, I'm, anyway. I'm, here, I'm here for you, Colin. Sarcasm noted. <laughs> but anyway. Um, that was that. So yeah, so uh it and I never do I never post on the burner account either. So <laughs> but you still pay for it every month? I, I do. I, I, I see it hit my thing and I'm like, oh well, it's going to someone, you know, he's a good guy. You, it goes to you. It's just it just you know back to the topic here. No, I don't think either of us expected anything to come on Sunday. We were sort of like I don't think anybody I do, was... I do something like I was told be ready for the potential of things happening on Sunday. I didn't think it would be three more though. I think I thought there would be like one, maybe two more guys that got caught up in the wave of what happened on Saturday, but I didn't expect three at all. I wasn't expecting another offensive lineman. I'll tell you that. I did not think they were going to go three for three and do all that. Yeah. Just offensive linemen and defensive backs, everybody. Well, you one could argue outside of quarterback, those are the two most important spots in college football these days. Yeah. O line and DBs. Well, let's talk about them. Um, it, this is a guy after doing a little bit more digging. Uh, Nico Oliveria is who I'm talking about, who uh, seemed, Thanks, Tom. seemed Thanks, Tom. to pick up some some real steam. Um, as well, and, and by the way, Chad, the, the receipt back in November 2018. No word yet on the shorts. They're back ordered from Under Armour, so we're just waiting for now. Yeah, I was told, I was I was lied to also at one point that <laughs> that we were going to get that it was still going to happen. Um, I don't think that was ever true. Uh, <laughs> but I think it actually led to you offering a job. There you go. So look at all the money you've made from that subscription. Enough. Oh, Jesus. Enough to buy a new pair of shorts, man. That's, that's good. That's good. Uh, so, and so anyway, um, Nico Oliveira. He seemed like he was picking up some steam in recent, just by what I read. Picked up a handful of offers recently, and some pretty big ones in that. Uh, yet another guy who who fits this newer kind. Of, I mean, I say newer, but I mean six foot five, may, maybe a little over six foot five, if you will. A guy who who kind of seemed to to not really maybe come on late, I guess you could say, but um, one that they were able to to, to get eyes on. And at, at this point, after all of them were after all the commitments were flooding in, I kept on just I was you know I was texting my friends a little bit, and I was like, you know what? At this point, you trust the staff, and you say, hey, these are the people that they invited on a, on an official visit. They're going to accept all commitments from an official visit. If they can get him, so uh, he was Sunday commitment number one, six of the weekend, handful of Power Five offers to go with him as well. Penn State, Pittsburgh, Oregon, Boston College. What can you tell us, Mick, from what you've been able to kind of gather about a Nick or or I saw him listed as Nico and somewhere else too, but Nico Oliveira, um, as far as what he 
brings to the table and as far as what you kind of have heard about his recruitment as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that picked up a, some offers late, some offers in May. And I, I don't I, – I'd have to check my phone. I don't want to look down right now. But I I believe he, he didn't get on my radar for a guy that was going to be on for an official until later in the week last week. So that's why I think if you go, actually go on, like, the list of guys that I put on there, he, there's, like, a weird spacing between him and the, the last guy because I had to add him on because I actually forgot because I was told so late. So to – offer him when they did to get him on campus how they did i mean it just speaks to again mike cummings coming in with an honest open approach getting and just telling guys where they fit and it worked out for nick it seems like he's a guy i think the big thing also with these offensive linemen is if you look at this weight it's all sub 300 i i mean you'd have to ask brady and i don't know if he could say much on it but i I imagine that's right around the range where he would love high school guys to come in at that 280, 275 range, it's far easier to add than it is to lose. I think all four of us can speak to that. <laughs> Touche. Well played. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think that sort of speaks to what Mike Cummings wants, along with just Nick being a guy that, again, can play tackle, can move in, and, and fits a lot of different a lot of different roles along the offensive line. Is he the most baby-faced kid you can remember committing to the Bearcats? Probably he's got to be up there. You got to be up there for sure. I mean, definitely on the Mount Rushmore of, of babyface <laughs> commits. The babyface assassin. <laughs> Chad, Justin any- Green was one. Justin Green in high school looked like a baby, or just, Justin Harris. Sorry, Justin Harris. Okay, Justin right. Harris looked like looked like a, a little one in high school, like a like a young guy, really young. Well, well, they come and they grow up real quick once they hit that college and uh, the college lifestyle. Uh, Chad, did. Do you have anything else on on Nick Oliveira? It seems like another guy who's no. who's got that frame and someone who can who can really probably fill it out once he gets under Brady. Hey Joe, you take all of, all, all of them. All of them. All of them. Everyone. Every single defensive back. You take all of them. If they have to play offensive line, you get them up to three hundred pounds and they play offensive line. You take all of them. <laughs> I want ten. I want a minimum ten defensive backs in this class. How how soon do we think that he might be ranked? Uh, this um, week. This I, week? I, have to, I talked to Don. Don's yeah. going to get him ranked sometime, hopefully, this week. Okay. So Don't have, I haven't talked to Brian on it. Don't have any thoughts on the kid, or is it more just uh, A little bit. He said um, he needs some work. He's kind of a, a developmental guy, but because of his frame, and, and th- that's why teams really had started to jump on him late when they were starting to get a look at him. Um, I know Penn State had offered; they were trying to keep him warm, yeah, so they could they could get a better look, a better feel for him. And uh, and Cincinnati kind of ended that uh, desire for them. So um, I think he's he's pretty high on him. He thought he was a solid prospect, but as are most of the, every offensive lineman you see, unless they're you know top thirty kids. They're gonna take some time. They're gonna take some development. But at 280, okay, we'll take some time. Yeah, and, and and he was the guy that that I think you mentioned it last night on the nightcap that you know he after he did pick up that Penn State offer, you know, coming from the from the Northeast, he he coined it as a dream offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a lot to bring, and I have a lot of great relationships with all the coaches. So you get a dream offer from the Northeast from Penn State. And then, so June 2nd, so what? And you committed yesterday, three three days later, you're, you're a bear yeah. guy. So, um, 
I, you know, it's just, just speaks volumes to, to, to everything that they've been able to do. Uh, I mean, it, and like you said, I, the frame is there and now you, you get them underneath Brady, you get them underneath, you know, coach Cummings and, and I, they can morph him into whatever they want to. Uh, so he was number one of Sunday and then number two came and two big splashes to end yeah, things yeah, Sunday. Two, these two are two, legit. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely are. First was you mentioned him already, Chad. He he recently had a visit to Clemson. Uh they they worked him out. It's Aiden Green. Uh man, he you another guy. You watch his tape, and of course a skill position player kind of pops out, man. He is big time wide receiver. Uh, can go up and catch the ball, climb the ladder, has speed as well. Yeah, it, it's a guy who went to a big time school, goes to a big time school in Tennessee as well. Man, um, what what can you guys tell me? What more can you spell on top of us about Aiden Green? I mean, I I, I think coming into the weekend, I don't think they would have thought this was gonna happen. Like I. I legitimately think that, that they thought he might get some other offers. He might take some other visits and hopefully they could stick around and land him. I, I, same with Manny. Manny was another guy that just talking to some people after the camp on Thursday and talking to him like before the visit came in places. There were some other big-time schools that wanted to get these guys on campus and see them. And for Cincinnati to lock them down early in June, and I, I we talked about it a little bit, and you mentioned with the good guy stuff, like, Cincinnati recruits good guys. So to see it's rare to see good guys just jump ship for from a program like Cincinnati. So to get him on campus to get this to happen, like you said, he he could he can bring a lot and and it also allows you to feel a little more safe when you're going after the Anthony Browns and the Malik Ilzies the rest of this month, knowing hey, even if we get one of the two or oh for two, we we at least have Aiden Green right there for us to go get and to, to rely back on because he's a very talented guy to have in the class. Now, of course, we've seen the uh, the Alec Pierce comparisons already with him, but where do you see him lining up with this offense? Oh, I, I think this is a guy, um, if you're going recent, maybe more of a Tyler Scott. I, I don't know. I don't think a... he's an Alec Pierce guy, but I've seen people trying to compare him. Mainly on that. Just, just on but, the fact that he, he does a really good job high-pointing the ball. Like, right. Yeah. There was, there was some arguments on the boards. Yeah. So I, I think if you're fitting this in and you say you take three wide receivers, I don't know the three, three, four, whatever the number is, you you, and and they could take more. Obviously, taking more doesn't mean that something's wrong with Malik or Anthony. It's just I think they, they have a luxury now where guys want to be in this class. So I think that's something they're going to have to manage is numbers. But this is a guy, if you're slotting in the roles on the last team, I think you – if you land everybody you want, you obviously put Anthony in the in the trade Tucker role. You put I think Malik Elzey fills more into that jump ball guy with the Alec Pierce role, the deep sort of stuff. And this is the guy you put on the backside. Is that what is that, Chad? I know you you have a specific name for it. I don't Jayden, know the football. Jaden Thompson. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be the Tyler Scott, Jaden Thompson. I don't yeah. know if it's the boundary it's, field. It, no, it's the field. The, the field. The field is the field is the wide side. The yeah. where. Generally, over top of the slot, the same side as the slot. Yeah, the boundary I mean, was Alec Pierce. Like you're in the short side of the field, you're generally matched up. You know, man up with the the other team's boundary number one corner. Yeah, so I think I think this is a guy that they would love to be able to do that and put him in the put him on the field and, and give him some room to work. He's a big. He was a big basketball kid down there for Powell. So obviously the athleticism, the the yes, the high pointing abilities there. 
Yeah, they said that he can do a standing dunk, and I mean, if he's only at six foot and half an that's inch, impressive that's, for a six foot guy to not yeah. need a run up. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just a, a high level athlete. I yet again just just watched a little bit of his tape. Uh, Aiden Green huddle. Uh, it's uh, it's it's impressive. You know, he's another guy that that shows some wheels and some ability. And from from that Tennessee, you, you heard on uh, the BCJ pod last week. Dave obviously knows a good amount about you know Tennessee and, and Knoxville high school recruiting, and and he mentioned how you know it's, it's them and uh, Alcoa right is the other one where Isaiah Cox went last season. So um, you know just or two seasons ago, but uh, it's just just a high level guy, um, a winner as well. And and I, I think that's another constant that you see is all these guys. If if you have to compete to make the playoffs, most of the time their teams are making the playoffs. Most of the times they're they're coming from a winning program from, you know, just have this pedigree behind them of winning and, and achieving greatness. And I mean, he's another guy that just has high level talent, uh, obviously athletic. You want, you want athletes out there at wide receiver and he fits that bill. And like Chad said, like you said, Mick, he, he's a guy that Clemson brought in. I I'm sure once, once Clemson brings in kind of like how Cincinnati has been doing recently, other other schools here here wind you know catch wind of that and they're like okay well we probably need to bring him in as well and give him a look as well so just a phenomenal job to lock him down that quickly uh, Arkansas obviously was a big offer Mississippi State could have stayed could have been a hometown hero in Tennessee and played that old Rocky Top Tennessee but he uh, he decided not to what um, a terrible song that is. <laughs> <laughs> Rakuten, you you know what? In a bar full of Tennessee students, it's uh, it, it it bumps quite loud. I'll I'll, I'll give you that much. But um, right up there with country roads. Yeah. Oh man, that was. I was in Florida one time. A whole group of West Virginia kids were down there, and I, oof, they were belting that out. But um, I mean, yeah, it's Aiden Green seems like a big time, big time guy to bring in. Obviously, he's top top five hundred. Uh, I mean, it's just a a big time get, and obviously, like as as you guys are saying, somewhat of a surprise, and and it's just another way, you know, Mike Brown, Coach Fickle, I, I'm sure Gino probably had a hand in this one as well, uh, just just able to to get them on campus and and lock that down. It just speaks to the merits that they bring. Uh, last last commit, um, do you guys have anything more on Green? Just being able to lock him down the way they did is impressive. That you know. Yeah, That's when did they offer that, him? They offered him in early, in early May. Yeah, so, and yeah. Like, so he he was on track to two officials: Cincinnati and Virginia Tech. But the camps to Mississippi State, um, Clemson, and I think I imagine Tennessee was going to be on that list as well. So to get him before that head of steam sort of goes down the, that the train goes down the tracks is big. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Like this, this would have been a kid that. People would have lost their minds. Each of these next two, right? Two years ago, like people would have lost their minds. But it's now it's like just taken in stride. Like this is this is the level that Cincinnati recruits at. Like we're we're gonna get eighty eights and eighty nines because when your average is in the mid eighty sevens, right? You're gonna get eighty eights and eighty nines. Like that's that's how this works. And everybody just kind of like we're we're seeing the fan base progress to the point that it's like no that that's about right that's 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 our level instead of oh my god this is the you know this is the best kid we've like how how do we manage to get somebody this like no it's like no this is this is what we got to do i 
you know, and, and even to a sense, the the day McCullough, it might have just been the writing on the wall with, with McCullough, but like, you know, if, if he would have been a commitment like five years ago, that yeah. would have been like, oh my gosh, let's build the fickle statue right now. But right now it's like, yes, the fickle statue is already being built. It's being constructed and he's just doing things that we already know he does. So no, I think it's, it's awesome. Um, well, let's roll into the last commit. And uh, man, last commit of the weekend of the, of the weekend. Pardon me. Yes. Yes. Of the weekend. Luke Evans. And man, he, uh, he had some big time offers uh, and probably another guy, Mick and, and Chad, you can probably back this up. Probably a guy who would have continued to get more offers if, as his recruitment probably would have continued if he decided not to commit to Cincinnati this weekend. Obviously uh, his father played defensive line here. Uh, back, what was it, the, the early 90s? Uh, or or was it late 90s? Mid, mid to late 90s, mid, I think. Okay. And I, just, just another Which means his level. dad is my age. Son of a bitch. Hey, hey. What's Kelsey doing? <laughs> like, this guy's committing to Cincinnati. What's Kelsey doing? Like, that's the question we got. We're, work, we're working on volleyball. Like, the, the volleyball career is in the works. We're, yeah. we're okay. taking an unofficial visit to UCLA in two weeks. Chad, you, you totally missed the son of a bearcat. <laughs> oh, because he is. Good thing he is. Gosh, Aaron, that was good. Wow, very good. I didn't even get it until you explained it, but that was good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, didn't even get it until you explained let's, it. Let's see it, Luke Evans. <laughs> this guy's already, you know, people talk about the comparisons, this, that, and the other. But with his length and his his ability at the corner position, and I know we're just saying DB at this juncture, but he does fit that mold of what Cincinnati's been recruiting recently at the cornerback squat spot. And he, you know, of course the that now the thought of Sauce Gardner gets tossed out there as well with just the length and the ability to uh, to lock down the opposing offense. I talk about Luke Evans, uh, how this kind of developed from what you guys were able to see and what ultimately led to him carrying on the torch that his father laid in front of him, uh, potentially, you know, a captain his senior year, if Luke Evans continues on the path his dad did. But uh, aside from that, just another, you know, high, high level commitment coming from this weekend. Yeah. Like you mentioned the whole Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle statue. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going that far. I don't know where all this stands, but like this, uh, there, there's definitely schools around when it comes to like a, an Alabama or a Notre Dame or like some of these schools with a legacy, it's sort of like, all right, he's a legacy. It's done. Yeah. Cincinnati hasn't always traditionally been that place. Cause especially in a case like this, he's got the Penn States. He's got the Georgia. Like he's got these other offers where it's like, well, yeah, he's a legacy, but I mean, can you really top that? Luke Figgle showing that you get that legacy factor involved. You get what we have with Kerry Combs involved. We can beat just about anybody. And he did that for Luke Evans. It's like you said, this is a guy with length with, all the everything they look for at, at the cornerback position. So to get him, and I think Chad can tell a little more of the story to get him before he even got home. Like I think he left without it, but I think to get him before he got home and make him realize that hey, this is where I want to play is, is big time for Kerry Combs. I, everybody's been waiting for the Kerry Combs special. This this might be one of them. This is probably one of them. I think I think down the line if he pulls something else off when it comes to the, the other news that sort of broke today, if he can do some of that sort of stuff, local stuff as well, that'd be another type of special thing. But 
to get Luke Evans out of South Florida, one of the best programs in South Florida should uh, Shamana Madonna prep is, is big time. So they had an official visit scheduled to Penn State for next weekend. And there was kind of a a divide on like they wanted to commit to Cincinnati, Evans, his family, when it like they were ready kind of to make the decision. But a lot of times, like again, when you're dealing with good kids, they they made a commitment to the staff at Penn State that they were gonna come. So they want to honor that commitment to that staff. Uh, but the way Cincinnati does things is okay. If if you want to honor that commitment, that's fine. But then we have to keep our options open, right? That's part of being honest. Like being, everybody talks about being real in the process. That's part of Cincinnati being real in the process and saying, okay, like we understand. But if you do that, every action has a, a reaction, right? If your action is to commit, but also keep taking visits, our reaction is we have to still keep looking out for us. So the Evans family got on the plane to go back home. And then from from what I've heard, they had a layover. And at the layover, they called and said, we talked about it on the plane. We're coming to Cincinnati. Then we'll announce when we get back to Florida. And that's the type of impression that was left. Like, they were torn because, you know, when you make a commitment or, or, uh, you know, we're going to come see your school, we're going to give you a chance. Like, there's a desire to hold to that, you know, your word on that. But the reaction is, if we hold to our word on that, we might have a, a, a situation after next weekend that is different again. So that was the impression that they made on that on that family, on on Percy Evans, his dad. I'm going to have to, it's going to take me a while for my brain not to call him Jake. And I, I'm sorry to him. I don't mean that. But when I think Evans, my brain says Jake. Uh, I have done that in a few conversations I've had with people and they're like, Luke. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I meant. But I was one Jake. of them. Yeah, you were one of them. Just thank that's him just, for that's his... my brain defaults when I think of Evans. I think of well, thank him for his shot at Temple and just yeah. you know carrying. <laughs> I'm bringing the picture back up. If his hair still looks like that, that's kind of the hair that Jacob Evans had on his way out the door, right? It is kind of. So, that, so that... it's not too far off. Um, here's the thing, though, uh, Mick. Have you talked to Andrew about him? Um, Ivan's, yeah, I literally yeah. he just texted me back about him. Let me see if, if there's anything I um, Andrew loves him, like he thinks this kid is, yeah, yeah you're that's, right. Is that's who NFL he compared. It, it was in his article that he compared him to Sauce Said because of he, his length, yeah, like, that he because of his ability to, to, to make plays on the ball, to, to maybe be a step behind in trail coverage mm-hmm. and still be able to break up the pass, like all that stuff we saw, Sauce. Saw sauce do that was elite. Hmm. Go yeah. ahead, Mick. What what the what the text said? What what like exactly what you said? He said yeah, he's he's really high on him. He, he thinks he's a, like a legit dude that could develop into a big time guy. He's, he said his spring was a little up and down, so maybe that's what paused some people from maybe like this could be a guy they had to battle even more SEC schools for. But I mean, 
legit traits, legit like potential when it comes to being a number one, maybe like a boundary type of corner. And I think that's what you guys are alluding to. I I mean, also his his uncle went to Michigan. Uh, it's it is just like all of it combined is is you know the pedigree yet again there. Um, just just an, a huge athlete on top of having the length and the ability that he's. You know, a lot of people that have testimented testamented him too, and you know the in Ivan's uh, that's his last name, Ivan, and yep. in his recruiting article about about him, he, he mentioned that he's also a, a dual sport athlete, anchored a four by one hundred team that took fourth at states in Florida. Remember, in Florida, which and is, if you're the anchor guy, you're the you're counted on to be the fastest guy. Yes, yeah, and and he has a four a plus four inch wingspan, so. Not only is he tall, he's long. He is a long that that's long. Uh, so, I, you know, it's it's just man, a, another commitment like this. And another thing I liked about him is is in his commitment picture, and not a lot of schools in the country can do this. They give him the Thorpe Award to hold during picture, <laughs> right? I, I I mean, it's just you know we mentioned Fickle, we mentioned you know the the staff and and how much of a brotherhood and everything has, but then. The fact that you can then say, hey, look, yes, all these team accomplishments happened. Yes, you know, we went to the you know, college football playoff. That was a team accomplishment. But look what else happens individually. Go ahead and hold this. See how that feels. Come here. You have the opportunity to win one of these. I, it just not a lot of places can say that. So that's a monster. How, how, how many places can say, come on the visit, and when you're kicking it with the team, uh, on Saturday night, the number four pick in the NFL draft is just going to show up, at, you know, and and be hanging around because he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't go out and party. He just hangs out with the guys. Uh, he might I put a little to, bit of his sauce on your food, but uh, he might. But I, I talked to Sauce Sunday. It was like, eh, I just had, you know, I had a couple days. We're back at it next week, so I flew home to hang out with my guys and. Just so happened that you know a couple of them were hosting recruits, and we just all kind of, kind of kicked it and sat around and shot the shit and like you you talk about leaving an impression, like that's the brotherhood that they're talking about, right? Like this dude could be in New York yeah. doing whatever he wants, literally whatever, literally whatever in the world he wants to do. The money has already hit the account. It's already right. hit the account. The, the the signing bonus is is in the, the in the account like and instead he's back in Cincinnati hanging out with his old college teammates and a bunch of 17 year olds that are about to make their college decision just happen to be there like that's, that's just who he is man speaks volumes to the the players on the team but to the staff as well I mean if if, sure. if you if you're leaving like a staff that you kind of like have like some disgruntled like you know headbutts with then you might be like Okay, I'll come back, but I'm not going to be around the team. You know, we'll hang out outside well, of team stuff. But his no, corners coach there. left. Yeah, right? exactly. like, yeah. Perry Eliano left, mm-hmm. and that was Mike Mickens left. The guy that recruited him left. Like, yeah. he didn't necessarily have to have the type of ties here that he does, but he just he just loves the University of Cincinnati. He loves the guys that he played with, and when he has a chance to come home from New York, he comes home from New York and hangs out with the fellas. And I'm sure a lot of it too is probably like there's no pressure. I'm sure if you're out with adults in New York, there's pressure to get in some less than advantageous situations. Right. I, you you would say, 
Mm-hmm. And he's not about that. Like I said, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't, like, doesn't party, doesn't do anything. He's just wants to hang out and kick it and, and relax with his boys. And, and you know what? Some things kind of just recruit themselves when uh, Luke Evans is on campus and Sauce is just sitting there just probably talking about some random things here and there. It's like, you know what, you know what, Aaron? Brent didn't Brent wasn't around last night. He didn't hear. I don't think he did. What what's what's that? Sauce has agreed to come on the podcast. Oh. I like that. I don't I don't know which one because oh. it's gonna be a matter of like when his schedule pans out. I would you know I would prefer for it to be this one. Because I think he's a good fit for this podcast. Oh, he would uh, would go off the rails and hopefully sometimes come back. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Sauce has agreed to come on the podcast. It's just a matter of working out schedules and uh, and when we can get him. Lock it uh, up. Yeah. I I let that little nugget loose like three hours into the podcast last night, right, Aaron? You know, it could be fun. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Sauce told me to come on the podcast. <laughs> if, if, if we had Sauce and then Brady popped on for a tiny bit, because yeah. those, two, those two love well, Brady, Brady's good for next week uh, after a week with the new guys, because the new guys yeah. were all, all mulling around campus and moving in this weekend. Uh, first workout with them, I believe, was today. So we get Brady on next Monday to uh, to chop it up about that. I just want you to know, it took me that long from when you guys first started talking about Sauce to scroll through all of Chad's tweets from the last two days just to find this picture. Right. And I haven't even argued with anybody in the last two days. And I didn't even, I mean, I wasn't going through your tweets and replies. I was just going through your actual tweets. It took that long to get to it because there's been so much going on. Good you, know, you can God. just hit media and it's just the media tweets. Look, like, I mean, with I'm pictures. doing things on the fly. So I'm just so, helping you out. So there's that pick with, with, with Snowden and Sauce, but yeah. there's another pick out there of Sauce right. with JQ, and JQ is every bit as tall as Sauce, probably a little taller than Sauce. I think JQ's taller. Like, I think Amari's tall, a little bit taller. That's just like, I mean, that's legit size. I mean, Sauce and is professionally measured. And- Aaron, this will make Brent trip out too. JQ, diehard listener, viewer of the podcast. I sure hope so. It's Aaron's best friend. <laughs> yeah, Chad. Chad tried. Weird. Chad introduced us when we were at the campus. He was over there walking around, and he was like, "Oh, Aaron's my guy." Because Chad was telling him about how yeah. I'm the recruiting guy, and he was telling him. So those two are like this. There we go, you, man. There you gotta get. Go. You gotta get his hoodie. I mean, you gotta get the the branded. Lock the, it all in. Got a birthday coming up. Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's a pretty sweet. The, the the brand for him is pretty. That that logo is. Yeah, I do cool. like that logo. I do. Um. Well, we aren't quite done with with the people that visited. We're done with the commitments, but uh, wow. we're done with the announce. We're with done the with the players that have yeah. already announced. Well, actually, yeah, technically, yeah, yeah. Jason Jason Hewlett. We we can't go be be remiss to to mention him and, and Chad. You've you've gone on on record saying this a few times that he, you know, now that he's back healthy. I, I imagine fully healthy now. I think he's going to be a stud. Ready to, to to kind of blow up again this upcoming season and yeah. uh, whatnot. So I'm I'm excited to see what he brings because obviously that was a guy who sat out a whole year with an injury but still has a lot of promise from what, what everyone's been hearing. But uh, For sure. Mick knows plenty about Hewlett. Like, like, fill us in from what you know. Uh, I mean, 
this is a guy that we we talked about yesterday when it comes to DBs. This is a guy that started as a DB. Like he, when he first committed, it was sniper, 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 and he's just. And and that is why they were sniper, sniper, outside linebacker, outside linebacker, middle linebacker, middle linebacker. (laughs) That is why they will recruit 10 defensive backs because you never know. You never know when you get them on campus where they'll fit. And and Jason's a good point of that. I mean, he's 6'3". I think when I saw him in January, he's 215. He's probably right around there, 220. But he's a guy I I know from talking to people in Cincinnati. He's very happy they got him locked down. Early, I was talking right. to a college coach today at, at the camp I was at, and and he was raving about him, just how good of a guy he is. He, he has some development to him, but a lot of that's just because he's injured and whatnot. But he he believes too that he's he could be a stud, a very developmental type of guy that could turn into just a ball player for Cincinnati. Another guy who looked like he was a captain um, as well on his team. It looked like he was in the middle for for a coin toss or two uh, this past season. So. It's another one where it looks like, you know, just get these guys with high-level character. You're watching guys down to the, like, who's out there. Oh, shit, there he is on the coin toss. Look at you. Hey, at hey you. man. There's there's analysts out there that track. They, they don't watch a second of, of the playing stuff. It's just how they act on the sidelines, how they act in the in the huddles and this, that, and the other. So, hey, who knows? Mick, do you a... track who's out there for coin tosses? No, you're too – you're, you're typically calling me, telling me I got to get you a story before the coin toss. That's, so that's what I'm working on. That's accurate. That's accurate. Look, Mick. Look, Mick. I'm not here to be your new old man friend. Ooh, Somehow man. you got it before I did. Yeah. Somehow you got it before I did. He had that in his back pocket all day. Back pocket. But anyway, anyway. So Jason, he is committed. He's 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 in the fold. But uh, these remaining players were on campus. Um, no commitment yet, but uh, there are some crystal balls floating around there. Uh, some, some some pretty hefty crystal balls as well as as Chad has mentioned before. Uh, Kamari Burns as well as Jermaine Matthews, and then uh, Khalil Ali. Uh, three others that were there on the visit. Uh, guys, accounts that you've heard, just kind of how the visit went for them. Obviously, it's probably going to be just the. Regular, it was a good visit. It's hard to not have a good visit. But aside from that, what have you been able to gather as far as what you've heard? Um, those those three that that have taken out from the visit. Those three yeah. visits went really well. I'll just I'll stop there. Mick, go ahead. I, I think Kamari. I think they were in a great spot for Kamari a lot, like for the, a lot of the spring. I mean, doing this job, both of you guys have sort of done this job, and you you can sort of tell how receptive a guy is to being recruited by Cincinnati just by the way he how often and how frequently he'll actually talk to you, yep. along with just the way he gets back to you. And Khalil's a guy that's talked to me a lot. He will get back to me easily, and I I think that speaks to. I mean, he turned around, ran track, and came back for an official visit. And then Jermaine, I mean, I he was there like the whole week last week, so I, I don't really have much else to say on that. <laughs> yeah, my my guy when it came to that was Justin Watley. I remember the, Chad was Chad was talking about looking like Michigan State for Watley. Michigan State's in the mix for Watley, and I'm like I'm like I don't know, man. He is always quick to talk to me all the time. <laughs> so it's just like it's got a different feel to it. So yeah, no, no. I to, to recap, to recap for those that don't know, on Jermaine, he hung out all night Thursday at the mm-hmm. the Nip at Night camp. Did not compete with just on the sidelines. Just hanging and, out. And engaged, like coaching, all over like, the place. Like coaching guys. 
Yeah, are, he was are, like. Are we allowed DBs. to say who was there? What? Like, like at the camp, right? Because I mean, it's, yeah. it's up, right? Yeah, yeah. His, his teammate yeah. was there, so yeah, Cam Calhoun was there yeah, too. Well, so. I'm sure we'll we'll touch on that momentarily. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Jermaine was like pulling kids aside and coaching them after the reps. It was crazy. That's awesome. And that was that was 23 and 24, right? That were at the camp, or did it go? Uh, there was 25. Well, there were younger there too, but it was mostly the 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 big 24 guys mm-hmm. and some of the 23 guys they wanted to to kind of get a look at. Right. The right. son, the 2025 son of Kamari Burns, head football coach at Gahanna, was there. So, well, as we're as we're wrapping this up, as that was far a nice as, nugget there, Mick. As far as the uh, we're not wrapping this up. We're still I just moving. hang on, hang on, hear me out, so I can correctly timestamp it. Oh, oh, we're done with the Sunday, Sunday football commits, goodness. and now we can continue on with whatever else wrapping up we're doing. Yes, and on Sundays, if you want to visit the largest sour-only brewery in the United States, you stop by Urban Artifact. They pack over 700,000 pounds of real fruit into their lineup of fruit tarts every year. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Taproom, mention Bearcat Journal, get $2 off a flight to four tasters. That's it for your Sunday commitments. Sam's Club vodka purified. Just that's, that's what we got. Uh, but, but Matthews, Matthews yeah. was there Thursday night. Showed back up on Friday for his official visit. They can only have him for forty-eight hours. They can only have official him. official visit ended on Sunday. I guess he left campus because you have to like leave campus and then came back. And was there again for the camp on Sunday, not competing in the camp, but again, hanging out on the sidelines, coaching up the the young local cornerback prospects that he knew. Like that potentially, if you land Jermaine Matthews, the type of rapport he had, you could tell Mick, right? With all the other local, like the young cornerbacks that like looked up to him, like they were coming over to him and he's like, you know, this technique, that technique, like it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. And I, I, there's like you said, there's layers to it, young guys. I, I I don't know the name, but I know a young name by the name of Chris Hen- Henry Jr. I believe he's out of West Claremont, Ohio. He's a yeah. 2026, like uh, he's, freshman. He's Chris Henry's kid. Yeah. yeah. So he 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 earned an offer from Ohio State today at the camp, and I got to see him a little bit. Like you go there, like the first person, like in the like replies talking to him, like congratulating him. Like was Jermaine. Jermaine had, is a very big voice in the city of Cincinnati from the from the guys he's in the same class with the guys that are playing peewee football right now yeah i mean he, he picked up that ohio state offer picked up an oklahoma offer got a jackson state offer today uh so i mean it's uh a name that is just blowing up and, and rightfully so i think he what he blazed speed at uh the uh ohio state camp a couple weeks ago i believe right like a four three forty or something along those lines i think i saw Floating around yeah. Twitter, so so just I mean, yeah. and I told Chad this, so I was I was there at the camp, and like you like he posted like four six and like four three, and it's like, well, that doesn't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what's going on here? Like the, his first one, they have it set up like a track, like with mm-hmm. cones. He legitimately ran outside the cone and had to cut back in on the first one, so that's why like ah. there was no I straight line on the four, first one, so that's why you get the four six. Well, you uh, you post Luke something didn't like buy that. that though, right? Luke was like, "Nah, man, you run a four six, you run a four six. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta put that in the note." 
we're taking that into full consideration. And, and he's, <laughs> he's the July 4th commitment date set. So um, potentially, yes. Potentially. We'll see yeah. on that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, potentially. Okay. But anyway, uh, and then, you know, we've already touched on Ali and Burns, uh, two other guys that. Tell us about Cam Calhoun, Mick. Went, well, tell us about Cam Calhoun, Mick. Cam, I, as vocal and as outward as Cam is, I, if there's one, as Jermaine is, I think if there's one guy Jermaine looks up to, it's Cam. And it's weird and it's like, it's funny to see it. But like, I, like I said, I saw them both work out there at Ohio State and I saw them both do some stuff on at Cincinnati. And can't, like Jermaine is even talking like, oh, if Cam's out of breath, I know this is hard because this guy's never tired. So these guys are like their best friends, their workout partners, their starting corners opposite each other. Like this, and this is an offer he has wanted for a long time. He was on campus and and for the spring for a spring visit, he he um he earned this offer when it comes to just working out, being there, and showing Cincinnati what he could do. And I think that helps with Jermaine. I think. If Jermaine was to pick Cincinnati, that would help with Cam. I think Cam picking if Cam picks Cincinnati would help vice versa. Man, um, I mean it, it. It is strange seeing Cam. You know, obviously a, a tough situation for them, where you know comes to the camp on Thursday, does earn an offer, does the West Virginia thing, and then today they they come out and they decommit. And I thought it was really really awesome seeing his mom also go to Twitter and and kind of you know just just thank every everyone at West Virginia. Because I I mean that's that's how things go um, with with recruiting. So Cam is open. He he posted something. I forget what the date was. Maybe June twentieth. He's like, stay tuned or something along those lines. So not sure exactly what that is. Uh, but uh, aside from that, um, Cam Calhoun and and he he performed really well on that Thursday night. So his is a bit weird. I don't know what we talk. I I think he worked out. I think he was he he sort of camped. And then I think, I think the camp was, I don't know how to explain it. He camped, but he, he started, he was at the very beginning of the camp. So by the time the real camp got sort of rolling, they, they were working out well while they were warming up and stuff. Right, so right, right. he was sort of done. And I think he earned it by that, but he, he was sort of on a, a, a different schedule just and the idea of that they needed to see him at a different part of the camp so they could also camp with the other guys. So a name to watch. Um, and of course, if, if you are on Twitter at all, uh, the entire uh, team of the Bearcats, or at least a handful of them, <laughs> have been very uh, vocal as far as their tweets regarding Cam Calhoun. So just check it out. Uh, aside from that. Well, that's, that, that's as Mick will tell you, that's the thing about Cam and Jermaine, right? Like, they are big personalities. Like, they, they are people that connect with everybody, like what we talked about, the, the culture at Cincinnati. Yeah. These guys have already connected with a ton of the guys that are on the roster mm-hmm. from their frequent visits to campus right. to, you know, being at the camp and, and being engaged and like popping into all the small groups and talking. Like it was hard, hard not to find, as we talked about last night, players get paid, the guys on the current team, one of the ways they can make money in the summer is to work these camps. Mm-hmm. And so they're all there just kind of, you know, in between stuff or during the 40 testing, like guys are all just kind of standing around waiting to go to their position groups and help out their position coach working the camp. And every time you looked like Jermaine and Cam were in a different group of guys 
right. laughing, chopping it up, like, <laughs> you know. So just just hop on Twitter. I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty pretty cool to see what the, what the team has said. Um, no comment. Timothy Hefferman. No comment. All righty. Uh, <laughs> His name's Ty Perkins. He, he's a no wide receiver at Ironton. High three-star. Somebody that Alan True is very high on. Can't on Thursday. There you go. All right. There you go, Timothy Hefferman. Um, good question, Timothy very good question. Hefferman. Very good question. Uh, well, Aside from that, guys, uh, that was a fun-filled weekend. I tell you what, it was a lot. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, we we did we did we did three and a half hours last night on this topic. Yep. Uh, I did like two of my three hours today on Radio Vermo mm-hmm. on this topic. Yep. Uh, we did ninety minutes tonight on this topic. Yep. There's there's probably another hour next week that can be done once we look back at all of this. God, I can't believe you talked on the radio about Cincinnati football. I know, right? Hey, you're, you're not going to have time to talk about this week, next week. You know that, right? Like, you got, you're not to talk about this week, no, like yeah. this coming next, weekend, yeah, this next week. Like, you're not going to be able to talk about this anymore. It's going to be old news. Yeah, this is like, this is the end. Like, I'm sure Dave and I, like, who knows what kind of condition Dave's going to be in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave went on record, man. He, he went on record on Twitter today. That's, yeah. And he's, Maybe it's just, a, it's just a tease trying to get a lot of people to come on. It's gonna be Dave. It's gonna be DAD, uh, a little DAD episode of the the BCJ podcast when when we get Dave this week. There we go. Um, Every night they've got like a, a DJ and like a light show. Like I want to go on a Simone family vacation. I think yeah. they had a they had a, a chef that cooked on the first night. Like I think next year I'm just gonna invite me Kelly and Kelsey on. And I like I'm I'm tight with his mom and his aunt, his dad and his family. Like I think we could make this happen. I think we're gonna go on the Simone family vacation next year, and then we'll just do the podcast from the vacation house, wherever that may be. Okay, there they're good go. people. <laughs> Mick, do you have time to answer any uh, mailbag questions? Uh, give me like two or three, and then I gotta get out of here. The fiance's right. already gone to bed, so. Give me, give me a few. We can, we can nail a few just, out here. Just, just give her the, the kiss on the cheek and say, sweetheart. She's already asleep, bro. You could be we, on all night. She's in bed. We got to We still got to talk since you recruiting. I'll be, I'll be in there in a bit. No, but, uh, but before we get to the questions, Aaron, go ahead and line those up. Uh, big, big weekend coming up next weekend as well. Obviously Mick, you'll be all over it with the, uh, with the list of, uh, of recruits that'll be coming on their official visits this upcoming weekend. So stay posted to that. Um, and, you know, in, in the world of UC recruiting, curveballs can be uh, can come at any time. So stay uh, stay locked into BCJ. Yeah, and we'll, we'll try and get that to you as soon as we can. But, like, the thing is, what happened this weekend makes next – impacts what's coming this upcoming weekend just because, obviously, <laughs> Cincinnati is not going to take a guy or if they feel like they're full, they're not going to waste the kid's time and get them up. Like, right. things are fluid. When it comes to guys that'll be on campus this weekend, which is what happens when you get eight commits on the first two days, Saturday and a Sunday, which is wild. I, w- I was at the zoo and then a one-year-old birthday party. Dude, you were I supposed to be at a wedding. Any of this. Uh, well, technically, we could say it was like kind of like a wedding atmosphere. <laughs> Man, these 
These these one year old birthday parties, I swear, it's just all right, all right, man. Have a day. Just get yeah. out of here. Just pushing Brent out of here. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on a defensive end pass rushing specialist? And they need one in the scheme they want to run. And if they do, do we have one on the roster? And or do we have much traction with any recruits that they want to fit that role? I think Kamari Burns is a very good pass rusher. I think Jalen Thompson, who's going to be on campus this weekend, is a very good pass rusher. Um, those are both good defensive ends as well. And and I, I, you guys would know more than I am when it comes to guys on the roster, but I think they'll be fine. That's what Luke gets paid a lot of money to do, so he'll figure Excited it out. Excited to see Mario Eugenio uh, yeah. once we get to higher ground. Absolutely. It's so, funny. it's so funny. You you forget about certain players. You know what I mean? Like, all this action happens. You forget about Mario. We talked yeah. about him already on this podcast, Brent. Goodness. Well, I didn't forget about him. I'm just saying, like, in general. I'm sure people do. True or false? The only way that Ohio State and UC will ever play each other in football again, you being an Ohio State graduate, uh, is if it's forced upon the Buckeyes in a bowl game. Personally speaking, I feel like Ohio State would never sign up in advance to have an actual competent and strong Cincy team come up to Columbus and potentially embarrass them in the regular season. Am I wrong in feeling like this? Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how you feel. I, I have no clue. <laughs> this is this is actual on the football field stuff. My 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 football field happens on Friday nights. Um, so you guys can answer that question more. Look at that. Wow, that was what a, a sidestep. Look at the diplomacy. That wasn't yeah. my personal. That wasn't my personal. Yeah, that was I know. In the question here. I don't think Ohio State will ever schedule say, this version of UC. I certainly agree. I don't think they will. I, what? But from their like, that's not to knock them because what do they gain? Well, it's like from no, playing a dominant like a, a UC program that is rolling. They, it's they like Notre Dame. No, Notre Dame's not going to schedule. Cincinnati. Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! Like remember, Notre Dame scheduled Cincinnati when Cincinnati was coming out of the Tuberville years. They were like, "Hell yeah, come on up!" We'll Whoa, no, Chad, but it was a favor. Give me a couple they, dollars. They it scheduled them for a, as a favor, right? He was reaching and out. They to They believed that, like that was at the time that they scheduled Cincinnati. That's actually like that's when Ohio State is scheduled Cincinnati. It's Ryan, like, Kelly, yeah, Ryan Kelly was just trying to help out family. All right, family, his wanted, family wanted to help out. Bring family. in Gunner Kill and the plethora of wide receivers. Come on up and get your ass kicked. Like it's fine. Yeah. Like yeah. So no, I don't. I don't think Ohio State has any incentive to schedule Cincinnati. The other thing is going into the Big Twelve, Cincinnati's not doing the 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 wrong end of buy games. That's over. Home so is Ohio home. State coming to Nippert Stadium? Right. No. No. So is home UC home. ever going to play Ohio State again? No. In a bowl game. At some point in time. When they're forced to, right? There will be a Cincinnati, Ohio State, like New Year's Six Bowl or whatever the case may be. But it's not going to be something that Ohio State is happy without. I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> All right, Mick, here's the last question that I got for you, and then we'll get you out of here. Um Penn State is in top five classes. Five to six years ago, we had Aeneas Hawkins from Moeller, we thought, and he went to Penn State weekend and was overwhelmed. This year, I think we have five recruits that Penn State offers. Are they offering everyone, or are we really that much more competitive? And Penn State's board doesn't even mention it. Unique, or is this the new UC? I mean, it, it, there's obviously levels to recruiting, and when, like, 
when you're at that point that where they they were at our niece Hawkins and the Malik fans like that that is like you go get that guy you put a ton of effort and get the crown jewel like now this that is like that's the standard so you battle you have to battle these guys when they come in like I was talking to somebody today at the camp and they were like I don't know why Michigan recruits more and it's like well for Michigan to come in and recruit Ohio more they'd have to beat UC for guys that UC wants and they don't want that yeah it, it, it it's a waste of time for honestly a lot of schools because like it's getting to the point where it's like, all right, Ohio State's going to get their handful. Cincinnati's going to get their handful. And then you're really picking scraps. And I, I love Ohio High School football. So there's still obviously some talented guys there. But it's it's also, I mean, some of these schools like Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, like there's there's not a lot of space for them to come in and take these guys. If Ohio State or – Chad told me this at our AAU event in Indianapolis when it comes to basketball. He said – what. If if Kentucky or Louisville isn't recruiting a guy in Kentucky, why should I go get him when it comes to basketball? Right. If Cincinnati and Ohio State aren't recruiting a guy in Ohio, why are you going to get him? Like you have to find out why you, why you want him, and if they fit you, then that's what you do. And the other one you're going to have to factor is is Notre Dame. Marcus is going to come get a couple they, top kid, yeah, ten kids in Ohio. Guys, yeah. The, there's there's nobody probably when it comes to just college football head coaches that are more beloved in the Dayton area than Marcus just because who he is. And and that's right. understandable. I love Marcus Freeman like that. Right. Like <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm somebody that dealt with him for a couple years. I love that man like that. Like, yes. So if it's, if it's not, you know, Northwestern is going to be able to get a couple academic kids, you know, but have you heard like make is Michigan state hasn't even been a factor in Ohio in the cycle. No, and it's and and that's sort of something they're doing. But like you mentioned, Northwestern, like they were very deliberate. They said we want three kids. We're gonna go get the three kids. And really, I had mentioned UC with Nigel Glover and um, Josh Fusel a little bit, but they neither of them had offers. These weren't guys since it's it's really Michael Kilbane, and they put in a lot of effort to try and get him. And that's sort of just how it ended up. And and that was a legitimate dogfight. They went head to head, and and they lost. That happens. It's recruiting. You're recruiting a hundred guys a year, like. If you're if you plan on winning every single one of them, you're you're not going to be very successful when it comes to getting guys. So they went head to head, they lost, and they're going to turn around and maybe get a guy like Mari Burns. Like you're 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 living good. And then what? Yeah. Iowa State and Kentucky are two other ones that kind of seem like it's in fading. Past years, yeah, they're trying, years, but it's fading. Kinda... I mean, Anthony Brown was at a camp on Thursday night, and he wasn't in Lexington, Kentucky. I'll tell you that. Hmm. So so. Let's let's realistically, Ohio like top twenty in Ohio, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State. That's the top five: Luke Montgomery, Josh Padilla, Malik Hartford, Austin Zeroveld, all Ohio State except for Brennan Vernon, who's number two, Notre Dame. Number six, Arvell Reese, Cincinnati would love to have, but as Mick can probably attest, that's very much trending Buckeyes at the moment. Nigel Glover, Northwestern. Then Trevor Carter, Cincinnati. Anthony Brown. No crystal balls in yet, but I think Cincinnati feels pretty good about Anthony Brown. Josiah Jackson, West Virginia. Kamari Burns, crystal ball, Cincinnati. Will Smith, getting jiggy with it, Ohio State. Jacquez Keys, running back from Ironton. Hmm, interesting. Wisconsin. Braden Moore, Cincinnati. Michael Kilbane, Northwestern. Jermaine Matthews, Crystal Ball, Cincinnati. Jordan Jackson, 
no crystal balls. Ardell Banks, what's up with Ardell Banks and Toledo? Like, what is that strange to you? That is a guy I, I was there with Mike Brown standing next to him, and they saw him work out. He didn't have a good day that day. And that is another guy. Allen has a lot of say in power when it comes to Midwest recruiting, as he should. And he's a guy that Allen really likes. I think in March he ran like a 4-4-40 at the Under Armour camp at like 6-4. Like, he, he's traits. He's a lot of traits. And if a big school came and got him later on, I, I, would, I could totally see it. So th- I think that's why you see him up there. And Cincinnati looked, evaluate him, and they didn't, they didn't like him, and that's that's their evaluation. They stick to it, and you you march forward, land in an Aiden Green, I guess, if you're gonna settle, right? <laughs> not too bad. Not and, too and then savvy. Cam Calhoun, nineteen; Evan Tengestall, twenty; Jason Hewlett, twenty-one; uh, Jackson McGowan, twenty-three; Ty Perkins, twenty-four. Like so, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, potentially up to eight of the top 25 players in Ohio going to Cincinnati. A third. That's, that's pretty good. Mathematician. And then he is and a then, mathematician. That's and then also, if he's so what Mick said too, it's a waste then if you are those other schools coming in and even. Well, you don't want to be Michigan and go into Ohio and get your ass kicked. Right. Right. You can't do that. Yeah, they didn't last year. Terrible in the game. I mean, just saying. Uh, yeah, we're talking recruiting here. I know. I just saw an opening. Well, well, well technically, <laughs> Ohio State went went to well, whatever semantics, it's right? It's semantics. Yeah. It's Aaron. Oh, Aaron would have corrected you if you made that mistake. So, right. Feel free. Right. Um, Mick, go to bed. Yeah, All right. Mick. Thank you so much, man. This was awesome. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. We appreciate hey. you. Great, great job, man. Great job. See. Wow. Dang, he didn't even he didn't even get the yell out. Sometimes, I sometimes I hit the leave studio prematurely as well. It's you fine. Do. And then I you have think to say, he was going to stay later, or was he no, he was trying later? to do uh, his version of Aaron's. See ya. Oh, he just said, "See ya." Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. Well, see you, man. Steven, Steven, time out. I have been informed by Kathy that she doesn't like the Central Florida jokes. So we're going to have to stop. <laughs> That's just the rules. What Kathy wants in this podcast network, Kathy gets. She wants less Chad. You know. Was that last night? Did I miss that? Oh, hi, Chad. All right, Brent. <laughs> So I guess we should timestamp it that Mick Walker he's he's gone. About an hour and forty six on Mick Walker there. Wrapping it up with Mick. Well, um, should we just go right into the mailbag? I yeah, we're gonna go right into the mailbag, but we're gonna timestamp real quick. Urban Artifacts, the largest sour only brewery in the United States, over seven hundred thousand pounds of real fruit in their lineup of fruit charts every year. Swing by Urban Artifacts Northside Taproom. Mention Bearcat Journal, get two dollars off a flight aboard. Tasters. Did the uh the birdies didn't get anything more, did they? No, not I, I had radio today. So which, and then which, I had to which, come home. By the way, I, I do want to piggyback on your Jared Hansley talk. You saw Damar post a, a tweet last week about Jarrett, how like you know, just just like the, the movement, him like shooting a shot, and it yeah. was a gift. And then he won the workout guy of the week or yeah. 
I don't know the exact name of what it is, but the kid I mean, is going to be a, a major factor at Cincinnati. It's I, just I'm a matter just of when. It's not if, it's when. Right. As 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 a buddy of mine said, it's all coming up Hensley right now. So uh, I'm excited to see what that because because especially with the basketball team, it's it's just like a it is a domino effect where you, you think about all these incoming transfers and then you think, oh wait a minute. And then there's Daniel Skillings and Josh Reed and Sage Valentino, and you say, Oh, wait a minute. Then there's JD and and DDJ and all these other guys. It's just but that's we could go on another full podcast. Let's do the mailbag, guys. Let's do the mailbag. All right, here we go. Um very first question. And we sponsor have- free mailbag. If you'd like to sponsor the mailbag, my mm-hmm. DMs are open. We we had a lot of questions. It was really hard to pick just a couple. I know we've already asked a couple, so we'll see. However, I'm, how many I'm going to ask kind of depends on how long they take. So we'll start off right here. Um, does the decommitment of Cam Calhoun from West Virginia make it likely he and Jermaine Matthews or Bearcats come Sunday? I didn't know how you wanted to answer this one, but. Uh, come Sunday? Okay, Probably. so there's kind of a qualifier there, right? Like There is definitely a qualifier. Come Sunday that I know or come Sunday that you know? Because those are two different things. Come Maybe, Sunday, <laughs> it'll be all right. I think Cincinnati's in as good a place as they can possibly be with Cam Calhoun and Jermaine Matthews. They got to they got to close it out. They got to get the job done. You got Cam Calhoun on a visit this weekend. Let's see what happens. Uh, but I, <laughs> Tonk, you dropping the bag? We'll, we'll so see I what do. happens. Uh, but I, you know, if if. They do a good job this weekend with Cam. I think they're in a, uh, a comfortable position for the Winton Woods duo and kind of kicking down that, that Winton Woods barrier that has existed. All right. Um, if you could over-recruit or stockpile talent at one position, which would it be? Offensive line, defensive back, or defensive line? Um, as defensive back recruits have the most position versatility, offensive linemen take the longest to mature slash maybe the hardest to predict. Defensive line needs the deepest rotation. Um, of course, you know, you had the extra COVID year, NCAA keeping the hard 85 scholarship limit as the coaching staff had to kind of change the way they manage and project the roster and position depth for the next few years. So here's the thing. And, and a couple of people talked about this today. Um, At defensive back, you're essentially recruiting for six spots. Six. Yeah. It's over half your defense. Boundary corner, field corner, boundary safety, field safety, nickel corner, and coverage linebacker. Sniper. Sniper. You're recruiting for essentially six spots because, as we've seen, the sniper has been coming from kids that played defensive back in high school that just bulk up, and they have the coverage skills. And that leads to, um, you know, being a, a linebacker in college that can do a little bit of everything. Right. Um, but I still think if I, I still think it's probably O-line because you have to hit so many times on the O-line, right? Like it, to make an effective O-line, one – You kind of want to hit on like starting sophomores on your O-line, right? Because what means more than anything eventually 
is that this guy has been playing and starting for three years on your offensive line. Right. Like you want guys in their second or third year in the program to, to, to be starting on your offensive line. I'll go, I'll go D line. Uh, Cause I, I've liked the rotation that they've done within recent years, just having fresh bodies out yeah. there. And I think it's just like, you've seen it come out in the second half of games where, I mean, you can even boil it down to that goal, the goal line stands against against uh, Tulsa this past Tulsa, season. Right. Yeah. It's just like you, you have semi-fresh defensive linemen bearing down at the one-yard line on six straight plays. And, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's a little different if they were a little, you know, winded. So I just think it's probably a little easier to find guys that are in that, like, the, yeah, 6'4", yeah. 240 range as opposed to guys that are 6'7". Right and comfortably, three hundred or two hundred and eighty pounds or three hundred and ten pounds, whatever. I, yeah. I, I just think ultimately it's probably offensive line, but I don't think there's a wrong answer. No, because all three of them, like you, have to stockpile talent at all three. And in in this upcoming seasons, we're going to start to see the the Cummings effect where it will be offensive line. You'll be able to see what a stockpile and wild development with yeah. the NFL in, in your sights, what that looks like instead of just you yep. know, positional type of yeah. All right. Um <clears throat> can you or Chad, I think you meant Mick, um, describe what happens when a recruit announces like in a weekend like this. Does the assistant announce with him or how does he announce it to the team and the other players? If a big deal, I bet everyone was exhausted this weekend. <laughs> There's no like official announcement to everybody that this kid committed it is more it spreads right like you can you you kind of alluded to it earlier today where a lot of times fickle takes them on their exit interviews after they come in for an official visit to where they sit down with coach and that that's where they kind of have that conversation yeah are you going to commit or what what else is there that we can do or something along those lines right but this week Take a shot of cranberry juice together or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's just something that kind of spreads. Like I, I've watched a couple of these things happen live in person, like it just being around. And you can see it's just like a ripple that like everybody, and especially like, you know, like a player host is all jacked up because I got my guy. Like they take a ton of pride in that. The guys all, that are on the team. They're all ultra competitive anyway. Of course yeah. they do. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I got my guy. Like, right. uh, Chris Scott was Aiden Green's host. And Chris had hosted a couple guys before. And it felt like he did really good, but they didn't ultimately end up landing the guy. Like, whatever. He was like, man, I I, I, I got this one. I got this. And this was before Aiden had, had let the staff know he was coming. He's like, I got this one, man. I feel, I feel good. And then when he found out, like, he was hyped. I got my first one, dog. I got my first, like, these guys, it's a lot of fun to kind of see the competitiveness of that even, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's, they want to make sure. Like, Sauce Sauce was always adamant about that. He he was adamant he never lost a kid. Mike Warren was adamant every kid he hosted committed. That is Only because I can only imagine the type of fun Right, a kid had on an official Mike visit, Warren. hanging out with Mike Warren. But but that also goes back to the brotherhood, the culture, 
Right. Like some some hosts could be like, I mean, I watched a little bit of this guy's he might tape. Be coming he from might hot me. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, stuff like that. So I know it's like, no, we need you. Come on, join the family. Let's right. do it. Uh, when UC gets a verbal from a player, are they telling them that they should not go on other official visits? Can you get away with that approach with players nowadays in this new recruiting stratosphere? Do you get the sense that these commits are different than the Savage 7 and that ilk? Yes, because those guys were just looking for clout. Like that's, and I, I don't think the funny thing about that is I think UC was okay at that point playing that game a little bit because it got them. A little Their bit of height, yeah. but I don't think there was ever a belief that any of those kids were ever going to end up at Cincinnati. Like, I, I just don't like you want to commit fine, whatever. Like, you know, just let us know when you decommit so we can move on. <laughs> and, then you, and then you end up at Maryland or right. So um, you teach back, at Duga. Back yeah, to the back first to the, part of the question. The first part of the question. Um, I think it's what I talked about earlier. Like, Okay, if you want to commit and you want to go and take other visits, okay. But that means we are also going to be be keeping our options open. If you're going to date other people, we are going to date other people, right? Like not, not the battered spouse syndrome where you go cheat on me and I'm just going to sit here and cry about it. No, it's fine. If you want to go do that, okay, that's fine. But don't expect us to, to sit, sit around and wait, wait for you to come back. Yeah, for you to come back, we're going to actively keep our options open, and they're honest about it. Like kids know that they're well aware when dealing with the Cincinnati coaches. When you commit, if you shut it down, we'll shut it down. But if you want an open relationship, then you're going to have to deal with the ramifications of an open relationship. And guess what? I might not still be there when you get back. In this situation, Cincinnati is a lot more like the girl than they used to be because yeah. when you're in an open relationship and you try to go get laid, that shit is hard. When you're in an open relationship and your girlfriend tries to go get some, all she has to do is leave the house. <laughs> On that note, um, <laughs> out of all the commitments this weekend, who were you guys most excited for and why? Jake or Luke Evans. I think Luke Evans is going to be outstanding mm -hmm. from, from watching some tape, from talking to some people, including Andrew Ivans down in, in South Florida, reading his take on it. I think this kid has a chance to be special and guess what? He has a chance for this place to mean something special to him because his dad did it here. Right. And his dad was a starter and his dad was a captain and like, I'm all in on Luke Evans. How about the fact that we have two legacies in this class, though? When was the last time that happened? Uh, it's happened a couple times before. I think the, like, um, the I'm dangle, not saying it didn't happen, the, but it's, it's been a while, right? Like, I don't think so. One. I think it's been fairly recently. To have two um, in one class? I mean, when you have the dingles, that covers up two classes. All you need is one more in that class, and then you've got two. Just curious. Give anyway, now give me. I, I, I just. I, I think I had. Another, I think I know of another one. Well, in the meantime, Brent, did you want to tell you who you were? Most yeah, I was going to say we. We can't all say the same guy. So, right. Let's 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 go with. Uh, 
I mean, I want to say Aiden Green because I just like the uh, the flash and and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, but, that's that's legit. Yeah, no no I, argument there. I'm I'm gonna go with. Ah oh, man, how about all these all these big offensive linemen? Um, you taking no, all of them? You can't go with all of them. Come You're on, taking all of them. Yeah, I'm no, go all for it. Go for it. Fine, take all of them. No, 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 oh. no. Okay, fine. <laughs> no, Manny, I was Manny Kobe. Manny Kobe or. Covey so you took my backup. Covey. That's fine. Okay. Okay. I'm excited to see what he brings in kind of that little, you know, third down. I was mistaken, Aaron. I got I got it mixed middle. because I Will Huber was in 17, Colin Woodside was in 18. I thought they were in the same class in my brain, but they weren't. Well, so. were either of them with a dingle? Ooh. Uh no, I think a dingle was 2019. Okay. So yeah. Just I think you're going to see a lot more of that, um, even as um, we had a uh, a Nelson here on campus as well. Yeah, T Nel T Nelson, quarterback athlete at uh, at Walnut Hills. Um, he was beaming, like he was glowing. He he tweeted something out, like I, him I saw him down on the field. I was I saw him down on the field. I was like, "What's up?" And he like so as TJ was talking to Gino mm-hmm. at the time that I ran into him. And he was just standing there watching with a smile like this big. He's already got a million dollar smile. And right. He put his kid out there working with UC staff. <laughs> right. Uh, for me, it was James Jenkins. Um, just to hear that conversation, to to kind of get to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. And, and kind of know that this kid wants to come in and he wants to work to get to that level, but he wants it in a no bullshit type of way, right? Like, I don't need to be fluffed on my way to getting to the NFL. I I need to grind need to my be, nose. Be, like, be a hard ass. Like, push me. I, I just – I don't think you can teach an attitude like that, and I think that's fascinating. Fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I only picked one def- or offensive lineman, Brent, the whole group. Get out of here. <laughs> that's how I roll, baby. I'm all um, about family, culture. So, <laughs> this was a funny question. I brought it up on another thread, but curious what y'all think. Over-under on four-star recruits, I initially put the line at three and a half. However, that may be too conservative. I think four and a half is more provocative, gets people going. What do you guys think, over or under? At three and a half, I think over. Like, you've already got McCullough and Carter. Um, You've got three mid-level 88s in Aiden Green, Kamari Anderson, Luke Evans that all could get realistically get modest bumps and be four stars. And then you've got coming in over this next couple weeks, Malik Elzey, Anthony Brown, Jalen Thompson. Like you're messing with a lot of four star or four star adjacent, as I like to call them uh, guys. So, I would say 3.5 over easily. What are you laughing at? You're you're biting your lip to keep from laughing. Did, did four star adjacent crack you up that much? No. Then what are you laughing at? Nothing. Let's talk about it. Off I will camera. stop this podcast right. I will turn this car around, young man. She just wanted you to know that there's other people tired of it too, Chad. Other okay. people are tired of the UCF joke too. I was telling everybody to stop making it, Kathy. I was trying to help you out. 
It's a, Everyone, it's a, knock off the UCF jokes. It pisses Kathy off. Thank you. Um, I would take four for sure. Five? I'd bet a decent amount of money on there being five, which would be the most. I, can, can can we all agree that they need to they need to add more five stars and maybe push the four stars out a little bit? I mean, just I, the... I think I I don't like the number of five stars. I talked about that yesterday. I don't like the fact that there's only it's somebody the same asked as yesterday. Basketball. Yeah, there's ten positions in football. There's become like three positions in basketball: guard, wing, big. Like there there's the same number. I don't. There should be forty to fifty five stars in football. How how deep does uh does four star go? Four star goes basically at to two twenty four two forty seven, and then a little bit past that, depending on like the grades. Hmm. So there's a shit ton of four stars, really, okay. like in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. think there should be forty or fifty five stars, and then the same number when you get to four. It, it should right. be relative percentages, right? Like the, I don't I don't think that the the percentages make sense as to how many you have at each level. I think it gets a little wild. I they typically do 32 five stars, which I mean, is uh, significant because there's 32 first round draft picks. It's funny because you said that there's you know however many positions, but I, I think there's more than that because you have two different types of quarterback at this point. You have <laughs> two different styles of running back at this point. You have right. three different types of receivers. Like it's even more layered than that. So anyway, Anthony Brown, it's a four star. Oh, we're back here. I'm just looking to see who's kind of right there on the, on the cusp or Brown's or a four star. LZ is either a four star or really close. I haven't checked. Right. Of late. And Jalen Thompson's a four star. Yeah. So, I mean, they're the, Possibilities out there. I would say I'll take over on 3.5. 4.5, I would take it, but at a at a lesser dollar value. Green's does that sound about right to you, Brian? Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. Because Aiden Green's about 40 slots away. That's the closest one to uh cracking the, the mold, but yeah, I mean. There's a lot of names that that they're in on that are in that four star range. So, yeah, I agree with you. All right, and I'll just say this to Kathy: if you can't make fun of people that are destined to spend their life working the night desk at Howard Johnson, who can you make fun of? It's true. Uh, why is Malik Elzey's visit pushed back from the tenth to the seventeenth? Uh, he has something going on with his uh, seven on seventeen, which is um, I forget the name of it, but it's the same seven on seventeen that Ben Bryant and uh, oh goodness, the kid that transferred from Chicago, the wide receiver. Who? The you know who I'm talking about, damn it, the kid that came in with Ben played on the same seven on seventeen. I do know who you're talking about. Jason Jackson. Jason, yeah. Um, Midwest Boom, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Midwest Boom. Andrew, um, B- Andrew Bo3, you were late addition to the uh, the football mailbag, but um, that question was answered when we still had uh, uh, Mick on. So yeah. 
Four stars this year, all the way out to three hundred and eighty. Eighty, yeah, three. Good lord, that's how are we not at forty or fifty-five stars? If there's there's thirty-four to five stars, why not do a hundred five? Three hundred and fifty four stars. What are we doing? Hundred five stars. What is it hurting the extra thirty kids to get the five star status? Three hundred and eighty-four stars. Yeah. F-O-H. Right. They want to keep it right around 32 to replicate the first round of the NFL draft. All right. Um, That is the football portion of the mailbag. Okay. Um, Everything else gets kind of slim pickings, so there's not not many questions left here. I, I sent a message out on Twitter to check on skins. Like he didn't submit. Right. Hope well, he's okay. Did you kill him? While you were in town, did you kill him? Why would I admit that? He'd, wow. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't admit that. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, even after this weekend's football recruiting tidal wave, I still think of Cincinnati as a basketball school. How long ago was I already wrong about this? Question. And will I ever be correct again? Cincinnati is still a basketball school. I, like that's, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Football has gained significant momentum in the fan base. Right. But you can't change 50, 60, 70 years of people being emotionally connected to something. Right. Right. Like the connection to UC basketball goes back so far and has so much meaning and is so deep that Cincinnati will always be a basketball school. Yep. They are just at a point where it's okay to be both, right? Like what Luca's done, I don't think anybody ever thought anyone could do it Cincinnati because nobody was ever going to stay. Right. And it's, it's, it's okay to be only a football fan too. Cause I mean, there's, there's that on the basketball side as well. I mean, it's, all new fans. I, I mean, I'm all in on on that thought because, you know, like you said, national championships, even if they were back in the '60s, they they still speak volumes. And you know, legendary players like Oscar and and you know Kenyon and players like that. We right. just now are starting to get our first flow of the wave of that in football, yeah. right? And so, why try why try and gatekeep anybody out from either one at this point? No. Right? Yeah, that seems silly. Right, but. You know, it, you hit little snides, and and you know there, there were a couple of years that were a little weird on the basketball side of things. But that's the uptick's still there, and you still go to basketball games, and it's still a, a sold out Fifth Third Arena. So I mean, it's I I think it's uh it'll always be a basketball school first to me because that's what always. I grew up. That I, will I never up. ever 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 change, Brent. Never. Right. Right. No, I grew up being a huge huge fan, but. I mean, I'd, I'd be lying to you if I didn't still know the the starting 11 on both sides of the ball during, you know, the when, when football started making its rise back in, the, you know, the early 2000s, you know, mid-2000s all the way through. But it's, it's always basketball first. Yeah. Right. It's just now we get to enjoy both. It's a 1A, 1B now. It's much say? better. It's much more fun when it when, – when, when things are uh, enjoyable, August through April, right? <laughs> and the coolest thing is, you see in some of these recruiting articles as well, 
is that these players are talking about Fick and about how, yet again, you're seeing it. He's staying here. He's continuing to build it here, which we've all kind of already gotten the, the, the feel for, but just constantly hearing it over and over again is just even more validation, which is yeah, all you need. Uh, AC Mazzaro, I, we've been doing the mailbag for a long time. You've been a fairly large contributor to the mailbag. Oh, That's yeah. Your- I know, I've known Anthony for a long time. I think I bought my um, – my hugs, that, na- anti Nancy Zimper shirt from AC Mazzaro. That's that's his best question. It's a I great think. question. Yeah, I, I just I I think everybody's a little frustrated because basketball is not at the top of the heap right now, but I think West will get it'll, them it'll there. Get back to yeah, yeah. And right. then football will be right there waiting for him. Chat. How often do you anticipate little birdies making it to an open gym session? As often as possible. Um, as often as my schedule will allow or the little birdies can fly into the third arena or the practice gym. It's a lot more difficult for the birdies to get all the way down to the practice gym, but sometimes they can get in there too. Um, I know they're, they're running twice a week open gym right now. Uh, I'm going to do my best to be there at least once a week. Uh, but you know, Sometimes, sometimes life changes that schedule, but I will do everything I can to be there as often as possible and get you guys as much info as I can. That's the job. That's what we do. And it's a great job because it means going to work, means going to go watch basketball for, <laughs> for like 90 minutes. Like there are worse jobs. <laughs> uh, do you think the... Going the grad transfer route for point guard in Rob Finnessy was a recruiting strategy for 2023. You could hypothetically hand the keys to Collier, James, or Green right away with a lot of playing time available. Uh, I don't think they ever really found what they were looking for at point guard in 22. And then, so at that point in time, then you have to kind of start thinking ahead as to do you take a young point guard out of the portal and potentially – uh, alter your status with one of those young point guards coming in, or do you take a veteran point guard like Fennessy and say, you know what, we're going all in on landing the best point guard we can find in 23. And if that doesn't work, guess what? You just go back to the portal again and find the best point guard you can find in the portal. The portal changes everything in that strategy, right? Because now you have a backup plan. Now you have something that you can say, we are swinging for the fences. And if we hit a fly ball that gets caught at the wall, we still get another at bat. It's not the third out. So um, I, I think it's it, they're related. I don't know that it was a direct strategy outside of they looked hard for point guards in 22. And I just don't think they ever found that game changer that Wes Miller is looking for at that position. So then that altered the path for what they took in the portal and their recruiting strategy for 2023. They've just been kind of uh, with Collier kind of fortunate, right? Because Isaiah Collier was seen as a very, very good prospect when Cincinnati went all in on him. He wasn't seen as an elite prospect at that point. Now, the conversation has changed on Isaiah Collier and that has changed Cincinnati's status and what they're doing recruiting point guards for 23. Yes. 
think that was a great answer. God damn, I'm proud of me for that one. That's the mailbag for basketball. And the last question in the mailbag this week. Uh, how much money would I, Aaron, pay for skins to cater a meal for me? I would not ever eat a meal that skins prepared for me. It would kill me. Literally. He would intentionally kill you. Correct. So, no. Literally. How were those razor blades? <laughs> <laughs> That's the mailbag. Yeah. Um, do we want to touch on any of these questions, questions in the chat? Got in the chat. Yeah, we can hit on a couple. Throw them up here, and I'll answer them. I mean, we we're, we're still over seventy five here, Chad. And, so. and also, I do want to go back. I know. If, like, if dude, some... thank all of you. Jesus, you guys are nuts, man. Hey, there, there was over a hundred people for three hours last night, and we're up over seventy five at two hours and fifteen minutes tonight. Guys, if if, if there are some diehard football fans out there, or some football coaches listening, Brady, I'm talking to you. I love the football team, and I love the football program. So don't 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 get my basketball first thing into a tiffy. No, I think I think it's understandable. Those people know that. Like when they got to Cincinnati, they knew Cincinnati was a school with more basketball tradition than football tradition. Right. No, it's okay. Well, no, it's just okay to to say that it can be both. We've even used the analogy like they're still in the infancy of of being a football program, right? Like the toddler stage. Yeah. Of um, being a power program, they had a like, football program for a long time. They were just yes. largely irrelevant. So, like I said, we've, we've kind of used that analogy as, as the program's growing and maturing and all of that. But um, questions from the chat here. A scenario that I don't feel like I've seen enough of. Do the Cats have a path back to the CFP this year? Call me crazy, but if they win out and the Razorbacks go undefeated after losing to UC. I don't, I don't see. So, here's the thing. Arkansas still plays in the SEC West, right? Yes. I think, I think, they, got a <laughs> I think they got a decent shot. I think Arkansas has got a chance to be really good. Do I think has Arkansas has a chance to good. run the table? No, no, no. no. I'm and beat saying... Alabama. Look, we're answering the question, Brent. We're answering the question. Yes, yeah, the Cats' path to the college football playoff. If they win, if they beat Arkansas, but Arkansas wins out after losing to UC, Arkansas is not going to win out after losing to UC. Well, and we've seen, we've kind of seen the song and dance of. Well, it was early in the season. This team wasn't right. quite ready. The Bearcats caught them in a moment before they had actually gotten to their peak in week two. And so, yeah, they, they'll make up some bullshit where it wouldn't matter. And say, all of a sudden, everything changes next say year. Say Houston goes undefeated. I don't know who they're out of conference is. And then it's Cincy versus Houston again. Two undefeated teams. That could be... Maybe, but there would have to be needed, carnage. There would have to be they carnage. They needed yes. so many things right. to go right. I agree. I agree. For last year to happen. And that was with beating a top five Notre Dame at Notre Dame. But, and still, if the Big 12 championship ends differently, Cincinnati yeah. is still probably fifth and Notre Dame is sixth. And remember, people are saying that not the same Notre Dame. This is a right. down year for the Irish. Is there, is there maybe a path there if Cincinnati goes undefeated? Possibly. Right. But a lot would need to happen. And if if, you, if what you need to happen is Arkansas going undefeated through the SEC West, then no, I don't buy that as a, uh, a valid path. Yeah. Arkansas beating Saban, beating Jimbo – yeah. Beating Auburn, I agree. beating I agree. the the Mississippi's, like I, I I just don't see that happening for Arkansas as good as I think they're going to be. 
to answer your question for out of conference um, on Houston, uh, this season is UTSA. They have one, right? One big out of conference. UTSA, Texas Tech, Kansas, yeah. Rice. Tech. They could probably beat Tech, but they've struggled with those big 12 teams. I think, what, that, the game last year was at Tech, so is this one at home or neutral or something? Who I don't knows? know. Who knows? This this is the uh, Paul. I'm sorry. We kind of we kind of talked around this. We didn't answer this question directly, but we did kind of talk around this um, as we were talking about. This is Jenkins, right? No, this or one no is... Olivia. Yes, Nick Olivia. Oliviera. 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 Oh, the, it's E I. So Oli- think... yeah. Oliveira. There you go. Oliveira. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know about forty pounds, but. The kid looks like he can put on significant positive weight once he gets in with Brady. Absolutely. I think this was actually the question he meant. This was loading as I was pulling that one up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Yes, completely possible. The only reason they stopped recruiting 25 high school kids was because the NCAA added in that the transfers were part of the 25. So, yes, there is a dance you have to do with the 85, but that's always going to work itself out. Always. What didn't have the ability to work itself out was taking more than 25 new players on your roster under the old rules. So now if you take 25 high school recruits and you figure seven or eight of them aren't going to pan out or transfer or whatever the case may be, and you get around that 15 to 17 high school player range as guys that remain the core of your program and, and go from underclassmen to role players to leaders. Yeah, I think a 25-man high school class is more of the norm under the new rules simply because you're no longer beholden to the fact that you can you – can, now add the transfers after the fact and not have to say we can only take 18 to 20 high school kids because we have to save room for four, five, six transfers. Um, so yeah, that that's that there's I don't think there's a perhaps in that poll. I think that's where things are headed back to uh, as they were, you know, years ago. Thanks for keeping me honest as far as uh, making sure that you get those questions answered. That's what you get when you are a Platinum member, so appreciate There you that. go. Thank you, oh. Paul, for being a Platinum member, as always. Let's see. Realistic win-loss expectations for the football team this year. Could they run the table again? Sure. They win at Arkansas. They're, who If they beat Arkansas at Arkansas, who's going to be favorite against this? Like, who's going to be favorite against UC? At that point, the only game right now, Arkansas is going to be a favorite over UC. The rest of the games, I think UC is going to be a favorite. Yeah, Um, unless you meet Houston in the in the yeah, but if UC goes undefeated, yeah, at that point UC is going to be favorite. They're going to host that game, and if they host that game, they're going to be favored over Houston, especially an undefeated Cincinnati at Nippert Stadium. Who's favored over them? Alabama and Ohio State? That's it? <laughs> right? All right. Well, that uh, – I feel like we should wrap it up. I mean, it's two and a half hours. 
numbers yeah. starting to fall off. We dipped right. under 75. Yeah. <laughs> They're falling off, man. That was so They're fun last off. night. We hit 74. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you didn't see that, Brent. We had been talking for like an hour, begging to go under 75. And the people made and sure people that we, w- we wouldn't go under 75. <laughs> so then we hit 74 for half a second and just ended the, the show. We were three can, and a half hours. Can we get Crip Creepers the joke? Little Birdie told me the best joke today. Chad, Brenton, Aaron. Why does Snoop Dogg carry an umbrella? For the drizzle, for shizzle. That's what I was thinking. Is that it, Crip Keeper? Just, just put it in the chat. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Crip Keeper, that's so great. Oh, well, oh, it does look like we're closing out. Uh, well, hey, guys, a special thank you to Danco Transmission and, of course, to our good friend Mick Walker for hopping on the pod today. Uh, oh, uh, again, Paul, you're, you're a premium. We'll get your question in. If you see us undefeated going into UCF at UCF, I think UC's favored. Right? If they beat Arkansas and they go all the way to UCF at UCF undefeated, Vegas will have Cincinnati as the favorite. That's my prediction. Thank yep. you, Paul. Appreciate you being here throughout the entire show. You are the man. We still need to do one last timestamp, too. Urban Artifact timestamp. Yep. Lock it in. Urban uh, Urban Artifact, uh, where am I at here? Did you know Urban Artifact's building, the historic St. Patrick's Church, is 150 years old? They operate their tap room in the basement. And upstairs, they offer the reliquary. 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 Oh, my God. Oh, God. And event space. Swing by Urban Artifacts Northside Tap Room and mention Bearcat Journal to get $2 off a flight of four days. Had to do it. Oh, you? Had to do it. I can't help myself. I have to do it. I like sorry. it. I like it. <laughs> Paul's got to get his $5 worth. I, I appreciate that, Paul. I, I, I don't blame you. Like, if you, if you have platinum status, you get to ask platinum questions. Like, that's what we tell people. If you donate, your questions get asked, and Paul's questions get asked because he, he's the big swinging dick in the chocolate factory. Yes, like yes. I said, thanks for keeping me honest. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, now we can say, it, guys, um, a fantastic pod. Uh, yet again, Mick so, Christian. Yeah, we gotta get that guy's own pod, he's pretty good yeah. at this. Huge, uh, huge thank you again to Danco Transmission, huge thank you to our boy Mick Walker. And of course, as always, for my buddies, my 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 PICs, Mr. Chad Brennan, Mr. Aaron Smith, yet again, another fantastic. Tonk donated twice, five dollars twice, because I can't say a reliquary. Okay, okay. Thank you, Tonk. And, and thank you to Tonk as well. As always, I am Brent Young. This was another fantastic BBP presented by Bearcat See ya.